Welcome, everybody. Before we begin our adventures proper, as always, I encourage you to check out all of our sponsors and partners that help support the Two Perception Show. Uh, we have a great number of friends now down through the scroller beneath me, and we've got partner codes for nearly all of them that can help you guys get some discounts, whether it's off some sick Norse Foundry dice or some of the assets in the Arkin Forge map making software slash cool virtual tabletop for a hybrid setup like we're doing, and the Sirenscapes, fantastic sounds, but obviously, Paizo, that made every single part of the adventure that we're actually going on from the quest for the Frozen Flame itself to the entire Pathfinder 2nd Edition game system. Thank you for sponsoring us and having us on your channel. And Eldritch Foundry. And our new and guys. And Eldritch Foundry with our new minis, right? The new one. I'm so, it's so like automatic. Give us once to, like, I rattle like, off. a checklist. I have down. it in front of me. It's just so like, I got my, in my nav. Looking. I like yeah. bang Norse Foundry, yeah. bang Arkenforge, bang Sirenscape, bang Pies. I'm like, we got the new Stop. guys with the Eldritch yep. Foundry Banging minis as well things. who have a great discount and some fantastic resin. Mm. They're so beautiful. Not as they have like, resin that doesn't explode into shards. Yeah, they have like wrong. resin with any degree of resiliency. That was crazy. <laughs> it's great. You know what's way better um, than the spindly bits of your model just snapping off and exploding into a jillion pieces? Ice cream? Bending a little bit. Mm-hmm. Fascinating, I thought you were going to really. say, like, so when not you're ice working cream? with a model and one of the parts is unnecessarily sharp and you stab yourself on it. That's also a thing that yeah. has definitely happened. I mean, I... Uh, I, I the, mean, the faction that I chose in a particular tabletop war game was very, uh, very in tune with the stabby bits all over the minis, and it was a huge fan. I, I played but, one with the uh, pewter models actually, with that also had a spike. I too to remember them. pewter models, Ooh. not fondly. I don't think anybody does. Nope. They were horrible. Yup. Uh, but oh the great resin here got a little, you know, a little flexibility goes a long way. They are very they, resilient and they are fantastically detailed. They resonate but with us. With our first two shows here in season two of The Hook, we have laid the groundwork, made our preparations, gone through the requisite rituals to prepare for the Night of the Green Moon, an annual festival for the Broken Tusks that you will all have experienced numerous times throughout your lives. But this one, this one in particular is of great importance to you specifically as it is the night that denotes the group of you, well, along with a couple of others, as full-fledged members of the Tusks, full broken Tusks. You are no longer children. You are no longer just hangers-on. You are all now as much a Tusk as any other, as much as the Mammoth Lords themselves. It's not necessarily like a rite of adulthood kind of thing, but it is, it is in a lot of ways very much analogous. Can I have like a baby mammoth? Like a mammoth? You can go find one. Okay. And get it away from its parents. Yeah. He might like me. It's probably easier to actually just take the adult mammoth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the baby mammoth is like all the difficulty of taking an adult mammoth with a massively increased chance of death, I'd assume. Uh, and a continuous problem forever. Yeah. <laughs> if you get the adult, the baby comes with it. What is that, like a two-for-one sale? I think that works sale? both ways, actually. Yeah. No, but because better if you that... get the baby, you have to deal with the adult first. And you might not get the adult, but if you capture the adult, the baby's just like, I, I think... guess I'm coming. I don't think you Probably. capture him. I think you have to, like, make friends with him. I don't think that, like, 
The baby doesn't have a choice. The baby has to follow the adult. <laughs> Maybe not. Can you be a rebel? But as we left off last week, the group of you were coming back from uh, gathering baskets of ceremonial water from the Gornok River, some hours journey away from the camp. <laughs> and getting partially melted. You are not in the greatest state. Uh, though certainly you would have been able to take some time to use your simple triage, your field medicine, your herbs, and your poultices to touch yourselves up somewhat. Um, that is not going to fully recover getting most of your chest melted off or, you know, getting large portions of your entire body disintegrated mm -hmm. by repeated blasts of acid from a very... It's not even angry method. It's just nuisance. Just... It's just hate. It's just stupid. It was a stupid thing. Stupid, a very stupid method. Don't like stupid it. Stupid method. So as the group of you struggle your way back to the followings camp, we begin our session as the sun is near setting, maybe an hour and a half of daylight left, the eve of the festival. Verja, <sighs> I want you to know that I have now survived three near three three near-death experiences, which is two more than you, which means that in this contest of almost dying, I am most certainly winning. Wouldn't that mean that I'm doing better because I've never gotten close? And, uh, no, because I've, I've kind of glimpsed the afterlife. Stop, both of you. This is unnecessary. This is a dumb thing to compete on. Don't do that. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Stop I'm sorry, almost don't, dying. Please, 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 Henry, please don't be upset. I didn't do that. That was all you. I didn't mean to get hurt. I just, I didn't want him to hurt you. It's, it's not your fault. It, it, it lied to all of us and we went along with it because I guess we're dumb. I... We're not dumb. We just, we were trying to do the right thing because that's how we were brought we up. We all knew it was dumb. We all knew it was dumb. I, I knew it was dumb. We I... were being polite. We shouldn't do that. Being polite gets you killed. Okay. Almost I don't, gets you I won't killed. be polite anymore. How about the next time water talks to us? We are a little more skeptical at the very least. But it's so wet. And it burned you. It a does. Lot. I don't understand how water can burn you. Around this time, as you reach the outskirts of your camp here, uh, Hanwi and Aram in particular, not just looking like they've gone through hell uh, on the scale of injuries, but also as if they spent that entire visit rolling around in a pig pen with several pigs who were having a wonderful time. This uh, flower is so dumb. I really hope that they can make some use of it back there. It's a flower that attracts dirt. What the stupidest flower ever. Hanwi, it's okay. You gotta calm down. I'm fine. He'll give you a little kiss on the cheek. What? I just wanted to let you know that I'm okay and that I care about you and that I'm, I'm glad it was me and not you. Hanwi, you got, you got a little... Uh... Little dirt right there. Oh, I'm sorry. I I need to go. <laughs> we'll just go down. Still got the water <laughs> back, so I gotta go. So like, <laughs> as you as you're coming in, uh, between every aspect of your current physical appearance and your return with these great baskets of water, uh, one of the mammoth lords comes by, uh, takes notice, and heading over from the moose house, uh, Natka. The healer. Hi, Natka. I'm just gonna hold up the goose. <laughs> oh, he did it. That is 
I am surprised you were able to walk the journey back from the river. Uh, this must have taken much strength. Yeah. But I do not imagine, I've certainly never heard of a Loblaby capable of inflicting such injuries. It had... What? It, it had a friend's it, friend. It, it, it was a method. Did it tackle you into a oh, trough that's alongside this. the river? Oh. Here, flower. It's a stupid flower that's magical, but it attracts dirt, and we hate it. But I hope you can do something with it. It was part of this story that I think grandfather told me when I was a kid, but I can't exactly remember what Dorotas part of the story. Inami. And uh, you see her kind of glance up, acknowledging, still listening, but start studying this this flower with a, a faint It was at the side of the river. Glow across her fingertips with the other hand. This. Where did you find this? At the Gornok River? Yeah. A pile of mud. It was a, a, a method and that goose were trying to get us to do stupid things and well, we, they kind of succeeded and they almost killed me, but I was, we were just trying to be helpful and I was just trying to protect my friends. This, uh, Flower bears within it a surprising amount of natural magic. Yeah, I, I, we, we, we got that much. But it seems to be a part of its, well, its, its existence. It was not imparted by a priest or a traveling magi. It is a flower simply born as much of magic as it is of the soil. C could it be helpful for medicine? It is interesting. Uh, I would like to study it, if you would allow me well, to take a, to relieve you of it. Of, of, of course. course. You believe it is responsible for your state, not your injuries. Uh, no, but the dirt, yeah. It seems to attract it. It was growing out of a mud puddle, a hmm. really big one. I think it caused the mud puddle rather than it growing out of the mud puddle. It seems like it is very much possible. Um, and she clenches her hand, the glow kind of goes away. I believe this to be a, a flower that is the subject of many of Harik's stories, but not one that any of us will have seen in our lifetime, certainly. Known. I'm curious if it is one that Grandfather Sven has ever seen before. Well, he's the one who told me the story. I will take it to Harik. I think she will appreciate it and perhaps be able to find a use for it if it is nothing further than a place on her mantle and a ceremonial wreath. But before that, you are in surprisingly good spirits given what appear to be terrible wounds. You, Hanwi, was it you who tended to Aram? As best I could. And you have taken well to your studies. Thank you. These um, injuries appear to have been crippling, perhaps even mortal. They would I, have been. I didn't, I didn't know if he was going to wake up. And take pride in your work. Or this is surely a great test, and on the eve of the green moon. Thank you, Hanwe. Speaks volumes as to your aptitude and your place or skills for the following. I'm I'm sure I still have a long way to go, but thank you for your praise. We all do, but I say this with no small weight. This is impressive. Uh, if you will come back to the moose tent with me, I would like to 
Well, at least apply some amount of my magics to the pair of you before you go. Oh, if you could, thank you. That, that would takes be great. Precedence over this flower, however interesting it may be. You got some stuff here now. Just, just I mean, I'm sorry. Hmm. It is an interesting sort this thing, and and she would even in just this like couple of minutes, just little little bits, little smudges starting to kind of appear. You never really see them form. You just sort of. It's a, a threshold, perhaps, where you notice that there is something on her face or a little bit of a stain mm. on her furs. Um, uh, before we all separate, I would like to take this opportunity to thank you all for my life. I would not have gotten out of that if it had not been for all of you. So, thank you. Uh, it's not a big deal. I there will be much time anyways. for this. The evening is yet young. Uh, the evening's meal has not even yet been prepared. The meat is still stewing. Please, Yum. you must be in pain. Let's, I, let's go. That and I, I really need a bath. <laughs> I will not hold you from that once I have tended to the worst of your wounds. Of course. And mm. uh, the turns and heads back towards the uh, Moose House tent, assumedly with the two of you following, uh, leaving Verja and Ozash to whatever it is they wish to follow. The two of you, though a bit singed as well, a bit singed, perhaps an understatement. 12 points of acid damage to any level one characters. <laughs> it's going to be a degree of injured, but you are visibly much better off than Hanwi and Aram. Uh, and certainly your appearance not enhanced by this, well, what looks like years of grime itself. <laughs> uh, what are you two doing? Where would you be going? I'm going to return to my tent and probably... Uh tend to my wounds and meditate on some things in preparation of the uh, of the festival. Now, thankfully, I started that combat in Rage, so I even had my temp HP. Oh, so you're like a much better. How much do you get in level one? Like Only four? four. Still decent. That's, that's a third of it off. That's yeah. a chunk that's been mitigated for sure. It's like 25% of my health. I don't honestly look that bad at all. Maybe a few, like, burnt. A little burnt. Your armor surely caught most of it. But um, superficial. Somebody has to take all the water and go deliver it. So I'm going to start working on ferrying all these big containers. Um, after about 15 minutes or so, uh, with the water all stashed up where it needed to be uh, placed in a row, uh, not far from the central bonfire at the middle of the camp, near a great many other packed and. Uh, prepped supplies that are going to be carried out by the following as you all travel to Rockloom tomorrow evening. Hanwi and Aram would emerge from the moose tent much, uh, looking much better. Nocta is not god. There is definitely still a decent amount of clearly visible like acid scarring, especially across Aram, uh, who may bear that for some time, if not the rest of his days. But you look notably better. You would have had some time, uh, certainly, to clean uh, clean up while you were in there. She would have assisted you with that as well. She can't really tend to you while you're caked in mud and filth. <laughs> um, you would be much better off. And uh, the three of you, I imagine, would come out into this uh, central grounds around the same time. Uh, Ozosh, while you are doing your preparations in the, the Otter House tent here. You would see that during this, this time of the evening, especially with so much to be done, uh, you have already done your task for the day, and it was an arduous one to be certain. Uh, but there are not many resting within here. 
Uh, Ergola would actually be one of the only figures left inside the tent uh, with you as you rested, but she would appear to be asleep. Missy. <clears throat> well, um, you know, as I'm sitting there pretty much, I'm just, you know, patching up my wounds, you know, putting uh, some homemade uh, ointments and uh, whatever on the burns. But it's just a little, just a little. Oh. Are you trained in medicine? Technically, no. He didn't say he made the ointments. <laughs> but you, you try at least to numb the pain of it, touch it up as you can. Yes, yes. Uh, the group of you would all kind of find yourselves back out in this, this common ground outside the tents around the same time. Okay. Uh, and as you do, you would be approached by Harik. Um, no sign of this flower as of yet. Uh, but she would be around the bonfire, you know, that Nocta cer uh, certainly would have it inside her tent. She hadn't had a chance to deliver it yet. Ozash! Yes. Wonderful. I had been hoping to find you. Uh, sometime I had heard you had returned, but had seen nothing of you or your kin, and I yet now see why as a pair of them emerge from the moose tent nursing their wounds, certainly with incredible tales to tell. Oh, very much, yes. Uh, well, I wouldn't say... Wonderful tales, per se. I would definitely say it was, uh... Ozash, the experience <laughs> itself, whatever memories you have, whatever you were exposed to at the Gornok River this day, that pain, hold it and keep it, but that is not the tale that need be told. This, clearly, a story of triumph against an incredible degree of adversity, against a great amount of strife, and pain and threat. These are the thoughts, these are the memories that make it into the tales handed down through the following. None remember the pain. None remember the precipice of defeat. All remember the victory. And they bathe in it for generations to come. Children, their children, their children beyond. Are you ready for the festival, Ozash? I believe I am. You have a tale prepared. If you I... want to be a student of mine, if you wish to be a song singer, if you wish to join the ranks proper, as is your ascension tomorrow, you will need an origin tale. You will follow mine. I will tell the story of the endless winter and the first spring the moon's birth to the river of stars. You will be following it with, I believe you were working with the dawn of the mammoth? I believe- The first of the herds? I, I believe so. It, I'm, I'm a little rusty, but I could probably practice what I have uh, before the festival. Confidence, <laughs> Ozash, confidence. I, I apologize. I usually have a Hanwi to support my uh, None. talents. In attendance, we'll know which parts of the story were slightly misremembered, or which parts has to be embellished, or which parts had to be improvised entirely. They will just remember the tales gripping <laughs> nature. This is how our stories evolve. They're not literal. So many of them. We determine what's true. <laughs> Whoever's left standing. Trust, there are none here of age among this following who still believe that the moon itself literally birthed the river of stars into the sky. They are tales. They are stories. 
as they turn to myths and legends. They are metaphor. Well, I suppose I could uh, exaggerate the size of the goose a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever tale you wish to tell, I anticipate it, Ozash. Very it well. will fill me with pride, I am certain. I will, I will definitely do my best. Thank you. Now, I have heard good tidings around the camp of your many adventures over the past few days. It seems you are all fully ready, yes? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully your fellows, Barthen and Amka, are as well. Amka has been studying well with Nakta, and uh, Barthen returned some hours before the group of you, very excited about the new discovery he had made, holding aloft the mighty spear he had found near the river. Yes, yes. indeed. He's not, much of a, of it? he's not much of a team player. He just took it and left. He had his own ideas. It's a fine weapon, um with a strange point. It uh, appears to be made out of metal, uh, much like Aram's sword. But it's... The banner on it is strange. It seems to identify a following based off of fire. Um, indeed, the river spirits, before they, you know, almost killed us, uh, spoke of a, um, a, of a, a fairly large encampment several days uh, upriver um, that, well, they burned everything they could get their hands on, so much so that uh, ash uh, flowed down to the Goron. In fact, it's in our casks because it was part of the water they burned so much. I wonder if it has anything to do with those those marauders that we ran into the previous day. She looks towards the, uh, the baskets that you had brought back uh, some distance away, curiously but seeming to trust you, not striding over herself to go verify. These, these are old tales. These are stories that even I, in my life, did not experience. They are not mine to tell. What, what do you mean? The sigil on that banner that Burton had brought back to us. It is one that is not unfamiliar to everyone in this camp, though it would be to most. I would not speak of it. It is not my place, nor is it yours. And even as the finders of that spear, this is one of many tales Perhaps best left untold. Hmm. But it may very well soon be our tale if they're only a few days away. And you hear another voice out across the, uh, the campsite from the smaller sort of reverential tent next to House Falcons, the tent that Grandfather Sven spends much of his evenings in meditating, communing, and preparing. Almost as if on command. Harik! And she uh, turns back. When you are through speaking with our newest crop, I would meet them in my tent. Ask them uh, 
and he's speaking to her, you are also clearly right there. Uh, ask them to gather their fellows, those that will join them in communion tomorrow evening. I would speak with them. And he, uh, he looks, he has a strange kind of expression on his face. Uh, it's not the joyful smile he usually bears. It is like that. Much more, uh, perhaps, to his, his character art that we have Great. as well. Without, without waiting for acknowledgement, he returns back into his tent. And, uh, Reek, well, perhaps Sister Cinder hears your questions. Grandfather. I hope you did not ask them lightly. Grandfather seems troubled. Well, it may be trouble for everyone as well. Fetch, Barthen, find Amka. I would not keep Grandfather Sven waiting. I'll go find Amka. <sighs> Damn it. Dig up Barthen. I'm not going anywhere near him right now. Well, someone's gonna have to. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get him. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Verja goes off to find Barth in the Falcon House tent, and uh, Umko would certainly not be difficult for the group of you to locate. Uh, somewhere in uh, out, so working outside Moose House, uh, attending to her prayers most likely, uh, within a span of a short few minutes, the group of you could all gather within this little squat tent of Grandfather's friends. It's not grandiose. Uh, this is not like the Talden military commander with his incredibly fancy tent, his upholstered bed within. This is a place of meditation, a place of communion with the spirits. Uh, it is small and doesn't have much more than the space necessary to fit the seven of you with with the grandfather in there. And a small ringed fire in its center, burning low, but its coals red and hot. Uh, grandfather Sven would be set behind the fire, just on the cold earth. Would raise his eyes to acknowledge a group of you as, as you enter. Thank you for joining me here this eve. I know there is much that you must tend to. There is much to prepare mentally. I am certain for the festivities that will partake in tomorrow evening. The green moon looms, but please sit by my fire. Thank, thank you. Voice is much quieter than usual. On his wrinkled face, a portrait almost distant of sadness and expression very rarely upon the grandfather's visage. He has a little stick. He kind of pokes the embers around a bit. He crackles out of the fire to keep it going as you all kind of fit around, uh, sit around. Barthen crosses his arms kneels down at the position across the fire facing Grandfather Sven leaving the group of you to fill out the spaces on either side of course Grandfather what do you need of us <laughs> for a moment a grin kind of comes back to Grandfather uh, that's 
That is my blood. Always ready. Prepared with great haste to tackle whatever problems the day may bring head on. But this is nothing that should spark such enthusiasm or such energy. I had hoped, truth be told. Uh, you would never need to hear this tale I'm about to tell you. Or at the very least, that I would not be the one to tell it. How, how to make a long story short. I will try to put this simply. You, you know of the Sjorn, the times that we now travel through. You perhaps do not have the frame of reference to understand them thoroughly, but they are lean and hard times. The winters long and cold, even the springs, somewhat bereft of their former joys. In Ethgir, when my ancestors were yet still young, if you could believe such a time existed. <laughs> we broken tusks carried a different banner and a different name. We were the burning mammoths. Hmm. Our migratory route was great, mighty, large, tenfold that which we now travel in the Sion. We carried with us a very powerful light, known as the Primordial Flame. And uh, with his stick, he kind of spreads the coals around the fire a bit into a flat layer, uh, leaving one coal in the center and your perfectly round, bright red pebble exposed to the group. Then, came the great quake. It shattered the lands far to the east. And uh, he tips over a big jagged rock from the edge of the fire into the center of the coals where it lands with a thud, uh, exposing a bunch of pill bugs and earwigs that had curled up, burrowing for warmth on the outskirts of the fire underneath it, who scatter hmm. into the dirt amongst you away from the fire into the space towards the darkness. And far as we were, our people still felt the thundering hooves of the demon hordes. Demon hordes? Um, do are any of you trained in either society or religion yeah. I have broken tusk or do you have like lore. A lore. Broken tusk lore would work. Because he tells me a we'll lot start of stories. With that. Give me a broken tusk lore. That definitely is the most fitting. You can just yeah, you can open roll this. Mm. Uh fifteen? Well the fifteen, though you wouldn't know anything about the burning mammoths that is different sigil or any specifics of this, you would know that this great quake unearthed 
for simplicity's sake of explanation to the table, what is known to the rest of the world as the world wound. Mm. Okay. Um, I actually totally missed this in my mental geography setting this campaign up at first, but the realm of the Mammoth Lords is literally right next to Mendiv. You guys are adjacent to the to world the west, wound. Right? Yeah, to the west of the world wound. You are in the immediate impact zone of the demon hordes that surged forth well, when that here. They don't like rift it. was spawned. <laughs> Grandpa, are you talking about the world wound? This would not be a name that you use. What would I call um, it? You would not know of a name for it. You would just know that the Great Quake... Um, Angry Demon Land. The Great Quake birthed with it from deep within the earth a horde of demons, of literal demons, of bat-winged, devil-horned monstrosities, pure beings of evil. But you would not know much of them or like what they were beyond these fables at this point. The earth was broken and the demons came free. You, you told us of that when we were small. It's why we don't travel that way. We did. Once. Really? Before the great quake, uh, many of these lands far out to the east and the north were part of the domain of the burning mammoth. Our travails were wide, our territory great and powerful, as were we. But none save myself. And he just kind of looks down to the fire. I am not the storyteller that Tariq is. I am no song singer. But I will do my best to keep to what I mean to impart you. You are right. And with these tides of demons that were birthed onto the world, our mammoth lords at the time argued over what to do with our light. In the end, some of us took the primordial flame. We took it with us west to hide it somewhere that it would be safe or could not fall into the hands of the hordes. And uh, with one with a stick, he separates just a couple of coals from the rest of the pile. A small, faintly growing heap from the mass ringed around the outside and moves this round pebble, red hot, next to it. The others, they called us traitors, and marched out east, following our old paths to face the demon hordes head on. Hmm. The fight for their way of life and for ours. Taking the banner of the burning mammoth with them. Weak, but determined to carry on, we took a new name in Broken Tusks. This was long ago and much has transpired since he casts his stick down into the fire. But the spear that you so excitedly brought me, Arthur, that emblem is one none save myself were old enough to have seen 
Employ the schism. I have returned. And in time, for the night of the green moon, a ritual that was as much theirs as it is now ours. So, they see what we did as a betrayal, and that's why they hate us. I cannot say what this means. My ancestors' spirits are silent. It was a long time ago. Perhaps reconciliation can happen? If the mm. festival of the green moon is important to the both of us, surely they wouldn't they try to fight today. Sight. I know. My old bones tell me this will not be a happy reunion. And uh, Barthen smirk there into the fire. So what? <laughs> These guys ran into a couple of their hunters going after a herd of tapers. Weren't even ready for a fight. Took them down with no issue. Drawing rotter from the Gornok River caused them more injury than that. If they want to fight, so be it. We can handle them. We can handle a couple. We can handle a group. We might have difficulties taking on tenfold our numbers if they still maintain that strength. Also, I mean, if you get right down to it, they're kind of still our family, and I mean, wouldn't it be better to combine our strength with theirs if there's a possibility of reconciliation? They don't if they want to come way. to the Night of the Green Festival, bearing a branch of peace, fine. I don't care. More strength for the tusks. But if they rise up to fight us, and just kind of gestures out to the camp. Who could stand against even you alone, Grandfather? Much less Murthig and Nocta and Wotan. Wotan's and, pretty strong. And truth be told, Grandfather, your grandson is right. He's very strong. Um, he'll do well uh, should a fight break out. And grandfather still said, he has no smile at this. I think that even given this situation, even few other mammoth lords would understand the weight of my concerns. Hmm. And I fear that perhaps the same may very well be true of the groups had before me. But after your tale, Hanwi, what you came to me of your encounter in the thickets not far from our camp, and Barth and my kin bringing me this spear wrapped with their very insignia. We cannot cancel the green moon ceremony. It is far too late. The blow to the morale of our following for an event I expect many of them could not even properly understand. It would be too much to bear after the harshest winter in living memory. Besides, these worries may well be for naught. You said that their caps were some days upriver? Such that uh, we were able to tell. Obviously, I have not kept up on 
developments of the burning mammoths in the intervening years, but if they are even a mere shadow of their former strength. A greater following moves slower. The largest mammoths trail at the back of the herd. If that was their distance this afternoon, it would be impossible for them to arrive at Rockloom by tomorrow evening. That said, if their mind is bent on mischief, perhaps having the hunters be ready. You don't have to send the entire group to harass a uh, single ceremony. And that is a truth, to be certain. I will spread some word through those that need hear it. I will speak with Merthig, of Muskox House, and of our hunters, perhaps. The Weeper is in no state to lead the scouts. I feel, well, we will prepare as we can in case we must. Of course. Grandfather, may I ask a question about the flame? Of course. If we know that the flame is real and it was hidden, would is there any chance we could try to find it again and use it to bring the tribes back together and unite them? He points his gaze down at this still burning spherical pebble in the fire. That, I'm afraid, is the worst part of this sad story. We did not hide it well enough. It was stolen. Who would do such a thing? There's no more of this for now. There is still much to do before the ceremony. Today's preparations will take our full commitments, both in mind and in body. We must ready the camp and the tents to be moved as the sun rises after the festival. Our migrations begin anew as they always have. And almost as a fun cue, you hear a loud pop from the fire as this hot stone cracks, um, splitting almost in halves. A large chunk just kind of falls into the dirt next to it. Besides, I think Sister Cinder tires of these tales. As you say. Get some rest. Tomorrow, it is your evening, all of you. Ready for it as you can. Thank you. Good. And, uh, uh, hey, uh, um, oh, oh, Ozosh, Ozosh, mm. could, could, could you help me with something? What do you need? Well, I'm going to go to the riverbank, turn into an, I need something that past form will work. Fish? Can I turn into a fish? Pepper's past form is like basically any like small animal, like okay. anything to be like ne- leveled negative one to zero, you can turn into Perfect. like, just pick an <laughs> turn, animal. Turn to a fish, Crap. jump in that water, wash the rest of the dirt off. <laughs> Come on Fair out, enough. and I'm clean. Just gonna go find somebody with prestidigitation. It's gonna be fine. As you're uh, talking to Ozosh, as you come out, Barthen just interrupts you. You believe this? Yes. <laughs> look at us. You're looking at uh, Ozosh and Verja specifically, and not Aram at all, as Hanwe is making a way off towards the river. The... Someone I'm much, beyond words. Someone much wiser and stronger than us thinks it's worth being careful. We should listen. Is someone much wiser and stronger? My grandfather is afraid 
Never seen this. Look, he himself said these burning mammoths haven't been around for what generations? This yeah. may this may be true. However, if it was one thing I knew, your your grandfather is a leader for a reason, because great leaders. If they're here, they come back with their tail between their legs, running like failures from the demons. Took what was our family, our following, off to go wasted on nothing. Probably just come back to beg forgiveness. I can understand your frustration, but there is always a time when to fight is uh, is is best, you know, kept on the wait. What are you scared to, Ozash? No, it is not. It is not fear. It is strategy. If you say, a diplomacy. We should be happy. The signs are pointing to them trying to interrupt the festival tomorrow. We'll get to fight. If they want to come. They want to cause problems. They want to bring their fire to our festival. I'll run them through with their own spear. Nice enough to leave it for me. And in that case, that is completely fair. However, till then, it is best not to antagonize anyone, but be ready whenever possible. Whatever. Just turns and walks away from the group. That's why... That's why I left that house. I couldn't stand it anymore. He seems very, uh, what is word, toxic. Look, our job is to protect the tusk, protect the next generation. We're not, we're not here to pick a fight. We're here to defend what's ours. Exactly. Preserve what our, what our ancestors have taught us and teach it forward to our newer generations. It's very simple. However, I will say on somewhat of Botten's agreement that we should still be prepared for a fight in case... Of course, but I find no joy in the fight. You're not supposed to find joy in a fight. It's supposed to be something you do because it's necessary. I agree. We we can take advantage. He is strong. So we simply point him at whatever the problem is and watch. I mean, that's generally been my strategy with him. I mean, but he he keeps coming out of it in one piece somehow. If it's one thing I know, he's very stubborn, yes, but I believe Virgil might be onto something here. Virgil's always onto something. Typically your nerves. (sighs) No, I love you. You're my brother, but sometimes I do want to smack you upside the head. (laughs) Meanwhile, down at the river. Uh, <laughs> which is funny, I get to just say that completely unironically. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> down <laughs> the river. Uh, the quick use of your abilities uh, swim through, uh, I guess it's nearby streams more than the river, as a small fish would be more than enough to, to very easily uh, clean off the words of this grime. And even with spring coming, the waters are still absolutely cool. And uh, they, I am certain, would feel much better against the scales of this fish hide than they would soaking through your leather dress mm-hmm. or your, your hide skin dress as they were up at the Gornok earlier today. Yeah. Um, Although uh, Hanwi isn't bothered by the cold, so. That's fair. Uh, the cold never bothered The cold you never anyways. bothered you anyway. As you emerge, <laughs> as you emerge up <laughs> from the uh, river. 
Got him. It's the quest for the frozen flame. Mm. As you come up out of the river, you, <laughs> a, a little shrub, starts a bit browning that looks like it's sort of started to have a bit of its luster fading. Um, shudders forth on tiny little knobbly knees. I was joking. Is that something you learned how to do here? <laughs> huh? Turn into a fish sounds, that, that, that seems interesting. Kind of straightened back up. Her fish still has the tattoo. Her fish body still has the tattoos on it, actually. Uh, kind of pops back uh, into a human form. Oh, Henry. Uh, yeah. No, I could always do this. Huh. Never really can understand why long folk think my people are so strange. I <laughs> hear turn into a fish in a stream and under the setting sun. Oh, Just, I, I, I wasn't. Is it fun? I wasn't always Is it fun being a fish. It's, it's a, a little different. It's not about the furthest thing from a rock you could possibly be. I figure. A fish from a rock? Uh, I, well, it floats for one thing. So yeah, that's definitely very different. Well, you live in a stream. Water's, well, water is like the, the natural antithesis of a rock. Water destroys the rock. It takes a long time, but they do it. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, absolutely. Anyway, I had a question. I figured I'd wait until you were done being a fish. I wasn't really sure if you could answer. Uh, thank you. Um, why is everyone so excited about this moon tomorrow? There's a moon almost every night. There's always a moon. It's a special occasion. Um, it's not always the well. It is always the moon, and it's always the but it's not always in the same form. The moon moves between different phases, well, and I, it's different yeah. every time you look at it. But it's always the same moon. Well, it kind of just goes back and forth. You have the big moon, and then slowly has little pieces taken out of it until it goes away entirely. And it grows back up the same way. It's not going to look... Is something crazy happening? Because it's it's just going to be a little bit bigger than that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's going to be the fullest it is, but it's also the special time of year. You can't see it as well from here, but the moon actually moves slightly closer and slightly further away. It dances, actually. Oh boy. <laughs> so does this fish thing, does it kind of mess with your head a bit? Is it, does it, does it, I mean, you get, you get a lot smaller, so you don't have as much room for thinking. And oh, I don't need any more room for thinking. I, I think you might, possibly you could use a little bit, maybe. <laughs> I got some, well, or maybe you have too much. Perhaps it's come all the way back around full circle and you're having weird thoughts that don't have any any grounding? That don't make any sense. Well, that's the thing. They're not grounded at all. We're talking about the moon. Right. Yeah, the ground has nothing to do the with moon. the moon. It just sits there. Oh, but it's the furthest thing from the truth. One of these days, I'll take you I to the... I have sp never seen the moon move. <laughs> now, I know that you, uh, you, you little, uh, you, you, you long folk, you mortals with your lives, I don't know. How, how long, how long, how many, how many seasons... I've oh. heard varying things. Apparently, some of you die after just a couple of dozen, and some of you make it dozens of winters. But yeah, that's... Some, some of them do, yes. So I've been here for probably about 731 winters. Mm -hmm. And in all of those times, all of those seasons, I don't think I've seen the moon move. That's because you haven't been looking for it, or you haven't noticed. When I... When I'm able to get into the sky again, I'll take you with me. I'll show you. <laughs> I, I don't... 
I don't think I want to do that. That sounds horrible. Why would you want to get as far away from the rocks as you possibly could? Because then you're closer to the moon. I'm about as far away from the moon as I can possibly be. It's, well, it has its charming moments, I, but. I don't. Imagine if you were as far away. What, imagine. So you're, I understand this actually. I think I understand everything perfectly. There was a, there was another of my kinfolk. Shaggy. You probably won't ever meet him. We don't, we don't convene very often. We're sort of a solitary sort of kid, and thus we, uh, well, every now and then meet around the rocks to discuss things, but that's not due for another couple hundred of winters, I don't think, for the next one. Mm, mm. Uh, he's a bit of the, well, we keep him around because he's family, right? Because he's kin. But he's got, you know, strange thoughts. <laughs> his hair is a little too thick, perhaps. It's grown back inside his skull. That was mine doesn't work great. That can he's happen? Been, well, I don't know. <laughs> it seems like it. He's huh. got the weird <laughs> visions of how the rocks, he how the rocks work. He claims to see them move. I mean, we use the rocks. They're great. They have, they have spirits. We can we can understand from them. They don't, they, don't, they don't literally talk. They don't have mouths. But he hears them anyway. You know, he's a bit of the, uh, you know, you're the shaggy. Are you the shaggy? Are you following? <laughs> Should I ask someone else? I just noticed he has a very heavy bottom lip. I... The shaggy... I don't... I, Oh, am I like him? Well, I mean, I don't hear rocks, but I can hear, well, animals can talk to me sometimes. One of your, uh, one of your chieftains, is it? The, the, the mammoth lords. The shorter man, the one-handed one. Uh-huh. With the, uh, the muskox, apparently. Uh, Murthig. Murthig. Mm -hmm. Murthig. Murthig. Long folk names are so strange. Murthic. Murthic. At least you only have to remember one each. I thought she, I thought you had two. I thought you had two. Every random traveling long folk I've ever interacted with had two names. Really? That's why I made up two to introduce myself. That sounds confusing. You're confusing. <laughs> I'm sorry? It's okay. I forgive you. Oh, well, thank you. But, Oh. So what am I supposed to do? This Murthig, he said that, um, well, that I could follow the Broken Tusk with the migration, and it mm -hmm. was some big ceremony, and I said it sounded exciting, and he seemed a little confused, but apparently he has a very special rock, and I'm going to get a very special rock, and then I'm going to come with you. <gasps> oh, you're going to be joining us. That's lovely. Well, you have the mammoths. Yeah. I've never seen anything more beautiful or more hairy. <laughs> of course, of course. Yes, it's a special, um, well... Can you turn to other things? Uh-huh. All, all what sorts. Kind of, what kind of things? <laughs> uh, well... Oh, I know what you'll like. Um, and uh, Hanui will uh, focus on her tattoos a bit um, and kind of shine with light as she gets a focus point back from them. Um, and then she will uh, transform down into a very shaggy snow rabbit. It <gasps> looks like it's like a little puff of fur, <gasps> little ears coming out of so it. So cute! I was expecting you to turn into a rock. Nope. She reaches out with one finger and just, just goes touch all <laughs> through the fur. <laughs> There's a head under there eventually. Ah. Kind of hop up to him and kind of just do that rabbit thing where it sits up and wiggles its nose. 
That's the cutest thing I've ever seen. This is the most one of the most horrible things I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> is this is a is this a curse of some kind. Are you cursed by the moon? We have this this transformation, but it's only to things that don't have proper hair. The rabbit's ears kind of flop Aww. back down, and she's just kind of. He kind of just reaches out with a finger, and sort of touches up. This isn't hair. It's, it's, it's soft. It's like, it's like. I don't even know. Let's focus and turn back into Hanwi, who's just kind of sitting down. Um, I'm sorry. I thought you'd like it, but yeah, it's, you don't like. You don't. No, like I do. Fur. No, it's. Do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Please, if you would. That's a word. Long, uh, long folk like that. Please, it's one of your magic words. I was told. It, it does help actually. Um, a moment. Let me focus a bit, and uh, I'll, I'll, we'll find something that you'll like. And you, uh, if you're willing to humor Henry out here <laughs> through his weird adventures, you would slowly start to learn that hairy thing is not quite as straightforward as it may have sounded at first oh. as Henry here and his kin seem to have a very precise definition of hair and it's got a hair should be coarse it should be thick it should be firm it should not be soft it should not be tufts turn to a hedgehog that'll show him <laughs> porcupine maybe <laughs> <laughs> but but Hanui actually likes this because um, Hanui does not transform a lot around other members of the tusk because it kind of might make them feel a little uneasy. Weird, yeah. Yeah, so she tends to keep human form around the tusk, but it's kind of nice to find someone who's like, I mean, obviously a little weirded out by the fact that she transforms, but is is kind of intrigued by it. This so. is, yep. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Hanui gets along with this weird little hairy fey monster more than, you know, <laughs> the people that she lives with. So that seems about on brand. Uh, I think we got a real, real good window into the... the <laughs> Psyche of Hanwei here minute, with this particular situation. <laughs> Look, just because we meet up at the same gaming store doesn't mean I like the weird kid who's there. <laughs> I, I would very much like it if you would turn into a rabbit in front of me. But um, whatever, wherever, whatever direction that conversation would take you, uh, the rest of you back at the camp with this tail now would know that. There is still a lot of festival preparation to do, but it's not so much preparation for the festival. That should all be finished uh, this eve. And as you gather around the evening's fire for a great uh, meal of stewed meat, uh, just a huge heap to give everyone the strength and the power for everything that was coming tomorrow to herald in the spring proper, tomorrow's preparations are of a different vein. The day after the Green Moon Festival is when Every, when everything gets back underway. It is when the migration commences. It's the beginning of spring, and it is the beginning of your journey back inland, back uh, towards the east. Uh, a travel that was apparently once much, much longer than it is now. Uh, but we're going to tread the same path we have for generation after generation for as long as any of you have known it. So a good night's rest is going to be very much warranted before the following morning's preparations begin. There is a great amount of work to be done. All of your great house tents need to be prepared. The herds need to be readied for movement. Uh, a lot of people have various roles 
uh, throughout this. Obviously, you have uh, Emek and her herders that are readying uh, all of the actual flocks to move. Uh, you have some that are in charge of the greater things, the mammoth lords overseeing the deconstruction of your communal tents brought back down into their various pieces uh, to be born on the road in small packs. Uh, these great tents collapsed so far to be carried simply by the folk walking the roads themselves as packs. What you do, since you have not become full tusks, you don't have a full role yet, you've always been trained to be scouts for all of your lives that you've been with the following has just kind of been, well, odd jobs, more or less. Uh, helping out where you're needed, uh, trying to find ways to assist. And this morning, there would be a plethora of jobs available. Uh, Barthen, as he always does, uh, would, as direct blood of the Falcon House, the grandson of uh, Grandfather Sven, would be helping with the actual teardown of the Falcon Tent itself. Omka would be working with Nocta the Healer uh, to prepare and uh, to ready and to pack all the rest of their ritualistic implements, uh, everything they use both for the healing and for their various incenses and their ceremonial purposes. The four of you would be left kind of immediately, uh, immediate direct taskless. But as you awake in the morning, Ergola would certainly have a, uh, he would be the one as your, the head scout and you were trained to be scouts as always directed you before. Uh, she, since the moose hunt, has not done much. Uh, Understandable. She is, she is mm -hmm. so pregnant. She has kind of reached the point of pregnant. Maybe the moose hunt maybe told her, like, hey, probably don't travel for several hours a day to go do big exertion. Uh, so she hasn't really gone much further than the Otter House tent in the couple of days that you've been working. You'd find her in the same place that you have um, these last few evenings, set back, kind of propped up on a mound of cloths and furs. As pregnant as she has been, uh, not, not moving like at all to aid with this as mm -hmm. the, the tent is kind of started to be deconstructed and taken down literally around her. <sighs> Ergola, mm. I, I was talking to Amka and, and she said that, well, maybe, Maybe it might help, you know, since you really shouldn't have been walking around a lot. What would... And don't take this the wrong way. It's just she said that your feet might be really sore. No. Or, I am fine. I... The... The last few days after our moose hunt have certainly been tiring, but I am perfectly well as okay as I can be. I do not think I'll be undertaking any great day journeys, but thank you, Arum. You do not have... Are you looking for things to do? Oh, and she was like a moment of realization. Oh, right. Okay. Um, oh, let me think. Mm. Well, oh, I know of a couple of things that you can do. We, it's simple enough. I do not want to give you anything overly burdensome. Tonight is going to be your nights after all. Oh, that's good, because uh, Virgil was just telling me how much his back was hurting. 
mm-hmm. from carrying you everywhere. <laughs> Why do you always gotta one up me? <laughs> and she kind of puts both hands <laughs> over her stomach, and out of a grimace, crosses her face. Oh, for a brief moment. Perhaps if Cinder, uh, Sister Cinder sees fit to truly bless us, I, you may not be the only ones coming into a new phase with the Green Moon. <gasps> oh. Is my brother and sister coming? <laughs> I'm telling you, it's twins, a boy and a girl. You are so confident, but maybe. I certainly have the weight of one. If not, I expect them to be a child size as a horse. A mammoth, even, maybe. You can do that? He just kind of shakes her head. Uh, Harika, my mother, has been poking a bit of fun. That's my condition. Uh, apparently something that many get more used to, but after she was blessed with twins, Never again, she told the gods. <laughs> Never again. Oh, seriousness, though. Uh, I suppose well, most of the larger tasks have, have all been well assigned. Everything is ready as it needs to be. Uh, we should be good to travel tomorrow morning without any real difficulties. Uh, so I suppose you could just help with uh, some simple cleaning up, head around camp. Um, gathering loose materials, organize some of the tools so it'll be easily packed up with the house's kits. Uh, that should be simple enough and uh, just helping out where you really can. Uh, similarly, I would hope that at this day I need not tell you the trails we are to follow. Uh, you can clear a bit of the path ahead and just ensure that the trails are simple enough that they'll be easily journeyed by us and our herds. Nothing will be present scattered across the ways to slow us. Um, oh, I know that um, Murthig actually was looking for some hands to help with diluting the spirits. Um, like for the festival tonight, actually. Like, uh, like the spirits that, like, you know, guide us? Some would say, for sure. <laughs> but no, the fermented roots. Oh, oh, those uh, spirits. <laughs> call them spirits? Why do we do that? Apparently the batch for this year's festival is a mite strong. And if it is strong for Murthig, I don't even want to begin to imagine what consuming that must be like. Uh, if you have some time, diluting them is probably wise. Uh, thin them out with some of the waters, uh, spread them as more for the following, and certainly it would be a better experience for everyone. Uh, we do not need half of the tusks stumbling over their own feet trying to walk from these grounds tomorrow morning. As the sun rises, we'll need to be ready to go. You may even want to check, uh, perhaps remove some of the more potent herbs that are stewing, it seems like it might be wise. Hmm. Oh, and uh, I won't force such a curse upon you, but uh, Emek was looking for a bit of help. I'm gonna go she clear the path some... now. <laughs> <laughs> Not it. They could use some aid rounding up the animals or you know, perhaps you could just uh, inspire some of the other herders to perhaps work a bit more efficiently. 
Truth be told, I do not know how much work a herder even sees in an average sun. Two hours, maybe? They put a little more effort into it. If I could lead a moose hunt four days ago, they can spend at least a third of an entire sun actually doing something. <laughs> Ergolite, you are a hero. I'll go help dilute the well, I'm glad you find humor in this. I'm sure my mother would find delirium. But any of those things all seem like they would be useful tasks. I'm going to go clear some trail. I'm, gonna I'm good at it. all drinkable. <laughs> I'll go help the herders. Now you can't, you don't have to completely split out on this. You've don't got you... the better part of a day. There are things you're going to have to tend to like later in the day, but more or less, or later in the afternoon, as you're ready to actually move, the ceremonies begin here before you actually move to Rockloom. You probably got about eight hours uh, to tend to whatever tasks you can. Um, so... Uh, if you if you want to stick with what you said, that's fine. But you can definitely aid each other on these tasks if you so choose. I, I I'll, I'll go with you and try to water down some some alcohol first. But I really do think that we should hit the trail earlier in the day. I, I think it's going to make it easier. Right. We got plenty of time. We'll be able to take care of it. What were the other ones? There was clear the, the trail, camp, help clean the trail, diluting the spirits, and gathering the herd. Kind of the four I got you. directions I got you. that Ergola has sent you off. Drinking, thinking, minking. You're not helping. Okay. I don't so know. I guess we'll start over here with you two. Um, heading out onto the trail to try and see what you can find, what you can clear up. And the way you some rock loom, like, very rarely poses any kind of dangers. It is, again, an extremely well-traveled path. But, you know, making sure, just in case, isn't a bad idea. Um, it's a bit further away because you have to actually travel. Uh, so it's going to take you a couple of hours to do this. Oh, good. Um, which means realistically, there's not much you could do that I could think of as you got a really good thought other than a survival check. Yeah. To, like yeah. scout the Vine trail itself and the local environs and Make see. sure there's not like a random rattlesnake someone put there. Exactly. <laughs> S sounds reasonable. And one of you uh, can I use other. Can I use Terrain Stalker? Because since I'm on the ground that... You're not stalking anything. You're checking... No, I meant... Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm not. Yeah, just one I'm who's aiding who. not stalking anything. You want me to can aid you? both roll? Who's aiding who? I will aid. Okay. okay. Oh, boy. Give me a roll, Verja. Nice, Throw solid, it. went to space. <laughs> Great gusto. Nice. Well, that's a 23. 23 will succeed. You will get a plus one to your check. I'm going to roll a two. Probably. Don't do that. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, so that's going to be a 20. Uh, with a 20? <laughs> with my plus one, you beat what my dice rolled. I hate you. <laughs> With a 20 as you travel, uh, spending about two hours up and down the trail, just making sure about an hour's worth of the walk seems to be clear, you do come across something. Uh, there is a wadded ball of mud 
stuck onto the side of a tree, not facing this main trail, but off on the far side of it. So you don't really see it till you're past it. A ball a bit larger than a torso, maybe about like the body of a uh, of like one of the smaller members of your herd, about four feet across is in all directions with a spout on the front kind of shaped out of it. It's maybe about eight inches in diameter. Uh, the two of you would immediately recognize this with a survival check as a blood seeker nest. Yeah. Um, that's a problem. That probably shouldn't be there. And the two of yeah. you walking by on the trail is not enough to disturb it. Oh, good. Uh, but a whole following with several mammoths and herds absolutely would be. And it begins with a B, so we can't have that. Mm-hmm. Uh... So that doesn't seem... I mean, we should definitely get that out of the way. Well, the question is, should we do it or should we bring more people? It's not exactly the safest thing to mess with. <sighs> yeah, but... It you would, would estimate a nest of that size has like one to four bloodseekers in it. They don't live in like... It's not a beehive. You're not going to kick in 300 <laughs> bloodseekers are going to come four out. Four bloodseekers is still very dangerous. It could be. It could, I mean, it's not nothing. It could be threatening. Like, you're not... I'm just, give, I'm just giving you info. Yeah. I'm not like telling you... Like, this is, this is a thing. I'm just saying like, if you kick it, you're not going to get swarmed by a hundred of them yeah. and definitely die. I'm just like, what you know. Well, we know that... <laughs> If we can get some smoke by that, the smoke will kind of slow them down and make them a little woozy and tired. It might make them disoriented enough where we can then take the nest and just move it. So that way we don't have to like bother with them. We just get the nest where it won't bother us. How about we plug the hole with a torch? I wasn't thinking lighting it on fire. I was thinking just the smoke, but I suppose if it comes to it, we could light it on fire. It it's just seems like it would really annoy... Right? No, it's not. <laughs> like, the entrance is about yay big. The entrance is about the size of a torch. Uh, <laughs> I mean, okay. put a torch in there while it's on fire... No, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> sure. Let's give it a go. I got some torches. Yeah. We get some flint and steel. So you light up a torch... And Virgil walks up and sticks it in the hole. Make me an initiative roll real quick. I don't have a map for this, but I don't super feel like we need one. All right, uh, 22. 22. Did they you, get a nat 20? Would you believe I got, no, but it was pretty high. Would you believe I got a 23? Oh! 31-2, no. Aram, you're there. Wait, wouldn't we have our, uh... Can I make them my prey before I roll? <laughs> no, you could be scouting. <laughs> yeah, I could be scouting. It doesn't scouting. matter because it's so I still beat you. But, uh... It's funny, though. <laughs> oh, you stuck a torch in a friggin' bloodseeker nest. Hey, we both got a 16. Uh, actually, uh, I have a 24. A 24? You'd say a torch stick in. These aren't bees. Uh, these are, like, six-inch large super mosquitoes. And this aggravates them a lot and you would see the nest physically shudder a little on the side of the tree and oh here boy. is Vir just sitting there the, <laughs> uh, the stuff coming so I'm gonna go and try to kick it as far away from Virgia as is humanly possible hey. <laughs> so as you run up and boot this nest 
You intervene, and God intervenes. And by God, I mean Handsome Ganker. With a hero point for Verja, Mr. Bad But Funny Decisions only has a single hero point. We need to fix this from our Bad But Funny Decisions. I don't have any. I used them all. Unless my cards are just missing. Oh, we did move them all? They might be. I own. Here, I'll just I've got mine. Go make Christmas yeah, a second. We'll find it later. Just do that. We'll find it later and put it back in the deck. Those are your two now. Okay. Um, make me an athletics check. Literally um, kicking the hornet's nest. I just, am I love our thought process. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna torch it. I'm gonna kick it. <laughs> I'm gonna play hold the line. Um, until the start of my next turn, each time an enemy would leave a space adjacent to me while using a move action, it has to succeed at an acrobatics or athletics check against my fort DC or the move action is disrupted. Okay. So that it maybe- Push it back in the nest. Push it back in the nest. Boot this next nest. Boot to the head. Okay, guys. Uh, that's a 13. A 13, you run up and stick your foot in, and you, versus you stand here, see arm run up and punch his foot through the side of the nest, collapsing one side of it in, which a two holes. pair of extremely <laughs> angry blood seekers surge out onto the outside of the nest. Oh god, that wasn't what I meant to do! You one action they left. They have to make athletics checks. <laughs> <laughs> you you get one action left. left. I'm gonna draw my sword. <laughs> so the fun <laughs> fact is they do actually need to move into your square to hit you. So they do have to make the hold the line athletics checks um, <laughs> to get in as yep. they swarm out of the nest here. So against your fort DC, the pair of them are going to make a check <laughs> as you just sort of wave your sword vaguely at them and bend them off get, here. Get. <laughs> okay, so blood Snuma, help me. One and two. What's your fort DC? Uh, it's uh, 16. Wow, those are really high rolls. Unfortunately, they're untrained in athletics and are bugs. Um, so <laughs> that's going to be a 13 and an 11. <laughs> get in. Get that's going to be a 13 and a 4. And that's going to be, I rolled a 17 on one of the dice every single time. A 13 and a 15. Um, as you, with the power of hero point, <laughs> managed to contain them in the nest enough, their size kind of working against them. They're too big to easily get out and out of the pair of you. Verja. I'm going to burn them. <laughs> yeah, I'm I have the torch in the thing. I'm just going to burn the bugs. Save me attack roll. Have you seen his torch? That's a reroll. <laughs> fair. I can't use either of those. Oh, fair enough. Oh, okay. That's okay. It happens. Yes. All right. So that's going to be improvised weapon is minus four. Torch is improvised? Torch is, I'm pretty sure. No, torch, torch is just a weapon. Be, no, I think a torch is an improvised weapon. It is? You're right. It's not a club. It's a torch. Is it? Improvised weapon minus four, yes. I thought it was a club. All right. No, it's uh, a torch. Club's a different thing. Club's a club. Clubs of torch has a club-shaped torch, yeah. like uh, thirteen. Thirteen. Um, you stick this in there. I'm gonna give him flat-footed for kind of being stuck in this <laughs> nest here, and uh, you clip a couple of wings. Angry buzzing ensues, but you don't quite manage to poke them. You're sort of still finagling it through a hole here. It's kind of weirdly hard to do. Well, you know what I'm gonna keep doing? Poking them, burning the bugs. It's like, oh, I think I got them. Not Hold how on. I thought I was going. Burn them. Uh, that's gonna be four. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what a torture, an improvised weapon is, but I'm just assuming Sure, it's not agile, five. though. Yeah. yeah. Give on. me that 20. I think I got him. 
Here we go. One, yes. One. At this point, like most of my. Ow, that's in there. my foot. Just, like, in that's the my thing. foot. It's like in the you poke it out the bottom of the nest. <laughs> You're like reaching I in. I think I got you him. Snuff it into the ground and put the torch out. <laughs> Don't even notice, but but uh, Aram sees it. Aram. Uh, Aram is like, Suma. You and I never thought we would be working together on this, but it's time to kill some of whatever those are. Uh, and he's going to make a, a quick flurry slash uh, to try to take two of them out while they're stuck in the nest. Okay. Did you two say two attacks? Like yeah. Two actions, two attacks? Uh, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Flurry's one target and ask for your prey. Neither yeah. of those things are I currently applying. Really uh, if I was there. Hunt prey. Hunt prey. I'll bug. Then slap it twice. Yes. I thought I made them my prey last turn, but apparently you I... You can't I, make the nest your prey, no. My prey is all of them. <laughs> well, I always pray. Uh, okay, um, that's gonna be a nineteen. What are you swinging exactly? This is a long um, sword. Long sword. Uh, sure. Maybe, maybe a damage roll. I don't know if you can not kill them. It is a bug. <laughs> this about a six-inch bug. You ran him with a sword. Pretty sure he's dead. Oh, that's ten damage. Yeah, he did. Um, so <laughs> you just. Flail twice in the nest, and one of them just kind of sinks back in and drops out the hole in the bottom ah! that Verja has poked through with the torch, and one of them is still angrily trying to come out. Well, um, one action left. Uh, hit him again. Hit him again. All right, minus the everything. Three. Minus five. Minus five, yeah. It's been two attacks, but it's six, isn't it? With your flurry? On the, on the third no, attack? No, two attack, attack is... Oh, your second no, attack is minus... So this is technically your third attack. This is your third attack. Oh, that's right. your prey. Um, so it's minus 10. Minus oh, ten. oh, you only get the flare on your prey. Oh, yeah. okay, so full minus 10 then. Whippity-whappity. Right. You know what? That is still an eight. <laughs> well, as we all know. Slap this down and take another chunk out of the side of the nest here. As uh, this one remaining Bloodseeker is going to angrily buzz out away from the fire and onto Aram. <laughs> We're playing this out, honestly, just because it's funny at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and the Bloodseeker buzzes out and latches itself, like, kind of up onto the back of hey. Aram's shoulder, but he can't super easily reach it. And, uh... Use of Verja would see its long proboscis kind of just like slip in the collar of his armor, do a little bit of sucking, do two points of damage. Well, what, what did what was the hit? The they, hit they was hit. enough. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was like a twenty-four. Oh, okay. <laughs> like they don't hit. They merely. They do bite. have to hit, but it was like a twenty-four. Okay. Um, I didn't say the number. But I just meant it was like yeah, it does. I rolled like an eighteen on the die. Okay, that's uh, so twenty-six that was... even. Um, and two damage in your drained one. Oh boy. I'm having fun. Verja. Hold, hold get, still. No! <laughs> Verja. <laughs> bah! <laughs> you wagging it with your great sword? No, the torch. Oh. That, You're going to set okay. me... Improvise is minus two. Yeah. One E brain. Uh, it's minus two in second edition, so give him a whap. Oh, nice. 22. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming this is D6. It's flat-footed, but it actually still does not crit. I'll Dead. give you... It, the torch is a kind of thin little stick. It's probably just D4, honestly. Yeah. Slapping stick damage. Get your full rage bonus. I'm not raging. No, oh. he's, he's just... He's not raging. Bonus. He's just whacking. Uh, five. Okay, five. You smack it. You see as, as it starts to suck, you see its uh, thorax kind of start to swell up at this, like, reddish color from like arms blood. You literally hit it and just... Pfft, 
Uh, a bunch of Aram's own blood kind of oh. sprays out across the back of him, and the bug sort of flattens across his back, but it's still going. <laughs> I don't, I don't like where this is going. We've learned that Verge's role in the party is to beat his friends. <laughs> That's how we fight enemies. So that will only be uh, three. <laughs> I'm gonna get you it. Whack Ver- you whack Aram. <laughs> hey, stop! Six. My, oh. So this will be a minus four, or that would have been that would have been a six. This will be at a minus four. Please stop. <laughs> a minus four <laughs> grand total. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. Uh, with the a minus D20 four. With your attack modifier. Okay. All right, uh, 14. It is flat 14 is the flat-footed AC. You and your exact lethal. Uh, it'll take another five damage. And you, with another good swing, splat <laughs> it into the back of Aram's armor. And with these two bugs down, you feel like this nest, you know, obliterated as it is by your efforts. One bug dead inside, one just kind of squished across Arm's back as you slap him with an unlit torch. I am going to look Arm, at- you got a little blood on you there. Are you okay? I'm going to dive at you. <laughs> but the good news is the pair of you uh, feel like you've done a pretty decent job of clearing the trail. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. <laughs> oh, boy. Hanwi Ozas, what are you two up to? Um, you feel like uh, purifying some uh, strong uh, liquor? Uh, I was probably gonna go and help help Emek with the animals just so that no one else had to go talk to her. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. All right. I can help. All right. All right that works. I gotta keep an eye on you anyway. You're trouble. I'm. I am not trouble. <laughs> I ought. If anything else, you should keep an eye on Arm and Verja. They're the ones who are going to get into trouble. You're not wrong. That's angry. Meanwhile, <laughs> bees. <laughs> All right, we're going to see Emek. Okay. Uh, the two of you head out to uh, mentally fortified to go deal with the herding. Uh, it becomes apparent pretty quickly that assisting Emek directly is all but impossible. Um, mm. As you just can't do what she does. It is... She is just a savant at this. Uh, but what you can do is go attempt to herd up some of the outlying animals uh, generally towards her direction, the rest of the herders, mm-hmm. or as uh, uh, Urgula implied earlier, maybe encourage the rest of the herders to, you know, do anything. <laughs> uh, this task is definitely going to take a large amount of time either way, as gathering the herd is going to take the lion's share of the day. Uh, but you could go either nature to go after the animals directly or diplomacy to try to work with the herders. Hmm. You can either aid each other, or you could do. We could each go a different direction if you wanted to. But either one would be equally helpful. If you're going with nature, I can aid you. I, I like I like dealing with animals better than people anyway. So, okay. We'll just be better herders, mm. or try to be. Do you make it worse? Uh, nine. Makes, it, makes worse. it worse. Okay. Uh, Ozash is big and scary and kind of just makes the animals more nervous and a little bit less responsive. It's minus one to your nature. All right. He gets in there and Eric Colt. Uh, so that's Booga booga booga. Ten's gonna fail. Um, but not you don't make no progress over 
I don't know, like six hours of work. You you managed to get the hurt. It's definitely like more in. It's closer. <laughs> if you spend the rest of the time you were preparing, you might be able to like make a meaningful difference following up on this. But it is going to be like this is your your day. Your day is animal day. All right. If you want to try one more. If you want to go handle spirits, I can try to finish up here. Don't get over uh, your head there, for you are short. So, I thanks. <laughs> I I might get taller one day. Hanwi, give me one last nature check as Ozash leaves you behind. Okay, now that the big scary guy isn't here anymore, let's see if I can go ahead and make the animals. So I've got uh, some hero points what, here. What's, uh, what's it on the dice there? That's a natural one, yeah, good, sir. Hey, 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 Nick, this is a good die. I offer you get oh, that the person deal. Malachite. This is just pretty. <laughs> I've, I've got it right here. I faith. We're really bad with animals. This is just tapers. The we same just... tapers. It's literally the same tapers. They, no, they just hate us. They and remember. They just hate you guys. They remember. That's better. Is it? A, oh, that's a nine. Okay, I thought it was a two. Ooh. All right. Uh, it would still be better. It's it. It would be, but not not in the result. Uh, so that's going to be uh, sixteen. 16 will succeed. Woo. 16, though Hanwi spent the entire day doing it, is going to allow her to bring most of the herd in. Now, after your two hours, two hours journey of scouting enough of the trail to make sure you'd be able to get everything underway without any major hitches, about halfway through uh, the morning into the early afternoon, Aram and Verja would return to camp. We're gonna go do some spirit stuff. And you would get there. It's time to make a drink. Before Ozash. Um, are you both going there? Yeah. Yeah. So the end of this attempt would be about almost exactly when Ozash arrives. Uh, this is relatively straightforward. You can either try and dilute all this and water it down, um, or you can attempt to uh, somewhat cautiously remove the most potent of the herbs from these brews to stop them stewing and not make it at least any worse. Uh, regardless, the knowledge of how this is gonna affect the following is gonna be either a medicine check or a thievery to quickly and safely sort through all of this. Can I do lore herbalism? I would absolutely give you lore herbalism for sure. Hmm. To, to take the herbs out. Uh, well, okay. medicine. I will let, okay, so I'll let you aid her with your medicine. Okie dokie. Okay. Little herbalism is kind of just like medicine, more specific medicine. Yeah. Six. Helping. <laughs> I'm helping. <laughs> Stop. Verza thinks he knows a lot. No. He doesn't. He came to put water in the alcohol like he was told to. Uh, so he's just getting in the way and Verja, being a um, nuisance. You're just, you're, you're, making it, you're making it worse. I'm just helping. You're such a good friend. Oh, All right. Uh, he'll go in there with... That one's red. He'll go in there with his tools, and he'll carefully try to start removing what he thinks is going to be the most potent without... I'm accidentally putting more alcohol in the alcohol, and I don't realize because it's both clear liquids. Yeah, that sounds about what very would do. <laughs> okay, uh, that's going to be a 17. Um, 17 even with his minus one, despite Verge's... Oh, yeah. Best efforts. 16, sorry. 16, despite Verge's best efforts. 
Uh, you are going to be able to succeed here. Uh, with, uh, I guess at the end of the day, it's what are you a bit whining dead. about? Certainly help out if you're able to get some of the most potent things that you feel like it's probably safe for human consumption. <laughs> well, first we need some humans to consume it. Virgin doesn't qualify. And that is why I am here. It's for later during the celebration. And it would be exactly about when you're finishing up Ozash arrives. Uh, I, I suppose you've uh, already finished. Just, um, I mean, he was great. I mean, he helped so much. Mm, in that case, allow me to try some. Melts his tongue right out of his mouth. Blind. Blind. <laughs> we have a card for that. Save, sir. Hey. 26. Whoa. Pretty sure you feel absolutely nothing from the alcohol. Oh, it seems pretty great to Ozash. It has not had time to uh, mellow at all. Uh, you know, <laughs> plants out, but I mean, Ozash is kind of in the Merthig boat of like, oh yeah, that's the stuff right there. <laughs> this is very... That's my getting, rubbing alcohol. Of, uh, <laughs> does the halt. <laughs> I'm getting hints of rye and burning. You, you're, you're supposed to let it breathe, Ozash. It's... It's choking. It's choking, and you're he's, drinking he's it. Chugging whiskey like beer. <laughs> it's 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 a uh, it's in my uh, culture. What the heck can I see? But well, yeah. with no sign of Hanwe at the this moment, the only thing really beer. left to do is to help out around cleaning up camp as you can, I, um, which is going to take clean. pretty much exactly the rest of the day. Well, worked out perfectly. That's good because I I need Ozash's help to finish up this this song that that I wrote for the tribe. You were writing a song. Well, yeah, I, I've been writing it for for a while now to to prepare for the the green moon day. Very uh, well. Come to my tent. I'll brew us some tea. Thanks. Nah, that's fine. Just leave me to do all the cleaning. I see how it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, Virgia? You've been so helpful today that I figured I know, that I squashed that bug right off your neck. There was a bug. <sighs> yeah, he hit me more than he hit the bug. Is that why there's blood spatter on his back? Yeah. Look kind of a dark stain across Arm's back. <laughs> but is it just Verja then? Verja, like it's hardly a glamorous job organizing and cleaning everything up here, uh, but I'm gonna need either a crafting or a society check to uh, work with the following and figure out what needs doing or to kind of efficiently just organize odds and ends that seem like they're sort of low on the importance list to get everything ready. Definitely crafting. Fair enough. I don't have society. I didn't expect any of you to. I mean, technically uh, I do. 14. The 14? Like, 14 will succeed on the crafting. Would have failed if it was society, but will succeed <laughs> hey. on the crafting. Lesser? So you gather up some small tool kits, some bundles of personal facts, odds and ends, little bits of extra supplies, um, tender around for the starting. Even the mightiest of bonfires begins with a spark. Uh, and you find an odd object throughout your investigations uh, that nobody seems to lay claim to. It is a almost squared, about two inch around dark gray stone, which while rough on the backside, uh, it's quite thin, only about a half inch deep. It doesn't so much look like it's been sheared as the face of it is just like a perfectly polished, rounded edges, rounded corners, perfectly squared surface. It's very matte. It's not terribly reflective. Um, it's a rock. It's a, it's a rock that looks like it has a purpose. It's called a it, rock specialist. <laughs> yes. 
The uh, rock specialist will be able to tell you that that is a blank runestone. And no, he doesn't know whose it is. It's not his. Huh. What's a runestone? Oh, well, you... It's a thing that holds those little magic sigils. You, you, your friend, uh, the song singer. But his, what he does his magic with? Storm and those, my understanding. Oh, it's magic stones, not rune. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I guess. I'm not really sure. Like I said, it's not mine. I'll go ask the song singer who it might belong to. I mean, you, what I mean is, like, in this two hours you're doing this, you can't find anyone. Like, nobody lays claim to this. This appears to oh, just okay. be up for grabs. Pocket. <laughs> this is mine now. <laughs> Figure that out later. We, we can't litter. Yeah. So. It's gotta, we can't leave. We can't leave anything behind the camp here. It's got to nope. be nice and fresh for next year's green. That's it. That's it. But with all of that behind you, all the preparations as ready as they are, uh, Hanwi would return right as the rest of the camp is all gathering around the uh, remnants of what was once the great bonfire at the middle of your grounds here. Now uh, still quite, uh, still relatively wide, but much lower fire in the center of this ring of ash and old coals. A uh, large pot with the remnants of the previous evening stews available for everyone to fill their bellies before the grand march all the way out to Rockloom for the entire following begins. Um, during this meal, this is sort of, there's not like an official procedure to this, no one's handing out itineraries or anything, uh, but this is kind of the beginning of the Green Moan ceremony itself, though there are still hours of daylight left and you will arrive in Rockloom with an hour or two left of the day and things do not truly begin until the sun sets. This is sort of the dawning of the festivities. Everyone is in high spirits. Everyone is excited for spring. As nice as being settled down in this temporary camp has been, the tusks are more than ready to get back underway and continue their journey, as is many, much of the herd and many of the mammoths, whose natural instincts have more and more been starting to kind of pull them out to this journey to the east. As everyone is doled their meals, Harik begins a story. Oh, she is the leader of the song singers. Uh, it is a tale told of plain words. Uh, there is no melody, there is no tune. It is, even for her general retelling, a somewhat muted story, something to set the theme. And she begins her tale of the first winter. You know, long ago, in the time before the tusks, in the time before the snow and the mammoths and the herds, in the time before the world was seeded with the very essence of life itself, there was the unending cold of the eternal winter. It was the time before time. The whole world was coated in an ashen white that shared by the moon above that graces so many of the night skies. But life, as it spread its tendrils throughout the world, as the roots began to emerge and as some of the snows melted and thawed, as spring first came, 
through these lands. It was a sight so beautiful, one so pure, it brought tears to the eyes of the moon itself. And in her joy, she gave birth to a river of stars, visible still in the night sky throughout our eastward journeys of the spring. Uh, and you would all know that as ridiculous as like this myth sounds, it is like a visible constellation she refers to. Mm -hmm. um, one that on the night of the green moon is a sinking string of four stars that seem to trail out from the side of the moon itself, as if dropped, drooping down to the earth below, hoping as well to partake in the festivities and the coming of spring. Aram 100% buys it literally. And this constellation would be called Moontail. It would be one that very much has a name that you would all be incredibly familiar with, regardless of your level of astronomical studies here. Uh, and it's visible from the early spring until late autumn. And then winter, it dips below the horizon completely out of view. One of the hallmarks of the green moon is it being back up aligned with the moon itself in the sky. Uh, and as she continues to tell the tale, this moon tale, brought as if heralded by the birth of life upon the world, bringing in with it the spring, the green, the herds, everything that we rely on for our daily existence, for our travels, everything Sister Cinder has provided through us, uh, for us through this celestial birth, is, like us, far from invincible. Even the very stars themselves have fears. They have lives, lives that may someday end. So the moon protects her children during the cold winters. She shields them below the horizon to hide them from the snows and the wind and the biting frost, to keep them safe and warm mm -hmm. in her heart until the spring returns. The night of the green moon, the beginning of spring, the beginning of not just our migrations, but as the tundras thaw to reveal the green grasses and the moon uncovers her children from the horizon. And uh, she looks over towards Ozash and sort of just like steps back from her space, living room. Ozash uh, bows and kindly takes the stand. And he has his shield and axe. As per tradition, you know, he starts beating it like a drum. Starts with a low. And he would have many of the uh, following with you, hitting their hands in unison on the dirt near them. Spoons on the side of bone and wooden bowls, whatever they have in this rhythm. And he starts with his low, like, oh, and then he begins singing the... <laughs> the very interesting tale of the five, you know, young Otter House adventurers, or scouts, I mean, that have, you know, about their incredible journey of, of a large, fearsome moose and very fickle water fay that they had to unethically deal with, the burning flesh that they had to endure. Uh, he just goes on. Uh, he starts to things out a little bit as best as he can, but he tries to put it in his best performance as he, he makes can. the recap video for the first two episodes yes. <laughs> right there in front of everybody he cuts and edits the whole open thing. sony vegas and yeah. things into the timeline yeah give me a performance check hmm. 
That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's a 17. That's pretty solid. <clears throat> and as you conclude your He's story, practicing. this is... <laughs> This is not a culture or a situation where like everyone is applauding. It's not that sort of thing. But you can tell the tusks very much enjoy your story. Many of the fire keepers, as they eat this meal or finish their preparations, are very much watching of the eyes of Nocta, of Murthig, of Wotan, in rapt attention. And as you finish this and step away, Harik comes to you, and uh, her arms outstretched for a hug. <laughs> He gladly, you know, goes for a hug and carefully, because I'm pretty sure Ozash is very large compared to her. <laughs> My child, it was wonderful. Thank you me. have taken so well to your teachings. I had a you wonder. have been the greatest apprentice that an old woman could ever have dreamed of having. You have done me proud. My heart is full, Ozash. She's drunk. <laughs> You, you do me a great honor. You are a wonderful teacher and mentor. There are none more deserving of the title of Tusk this hour than you and your friends. If the tales you tell are even half truths, if there are even more of a seed <laughs> of reality. Well, we are pretty cool. Well, uh, I definitely uh, was telling the truth at uh, more than halfway there, that's for sure. Uh, but uh, either way, thank you. Yes, thank you. Uh, we shall we shall uh, commence the ceremony and feast and uh, have drink later, I suppose. And as the feasting and the drinking of these spirits, having at least had a couple of hours to mellow, clearly little, not enough, that have been watered down a bit, are spread throughout. This it is, is this is just water. It is <laughs> a plain and simple meal, but it is it is a great one. It is. One of the few times in the following that you consume until you are done, until there is no more want in your body, until your stomach cries out for mercy. <laughs> so an average trip to BQ. An average trip to the pizza buffet. It's a good day. Because normally, yeah. though you are not exactly left greatly wanting, you have what you have. But yeah. this, this is an evening of great feasting. Readied as everyone can be, the party, the tusks, the whole following, herds and all, join together to begin the march towards Rockloom. And there, I think we will take our midstream break. It's good, because we're all full. You know what that means. Walk off all this meat stew real quick. We will return in a couple of minutes, everybody. Get some snacks, stretch your legs, don't go too far, because when we come back, the Green Moon Festival is upon us. It's gonna be great. It We're is the night when we all become tusks well and true. And we give Ipecac to And it's uh, gonna be great. Barfin. And everything is gonna go as expected, and it'll just be a wonderful experience. Be, no, it's gonna go exactly how I expected. <laughs> because that's what we write Pathfinder campaigns about, is everyone just going to a party and having a good time. I it's just have a, a good time. section. There's actually yeah. no bestiary in the back or anything. Yeah, no, 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 there's no, there's no, no this is a, the, the story of you guys having a great, uh, you, you know. You know what, to be fair, ceremonial there have been things like that it's back Aquaville was an entire level with zero combat. We yeah, just dance and this had fun. This is probably also that we probably fought enough stuff to be level two. This is just you know ceremonial at this point. Yeah. War for yeah. the crown. War for the crown as well. We'll Most be back in a couple of minutes, everyone. Role play. Stay tuned. Bye. Welcome back, everybody. We got a second half of a session to do. Ooh. We've got a festival to attend to, and as we 
come back in here. The group of tusks has arrived at the Rockloom ritual site. There is still about an hour until the sun sets and the events, the uh, official, like the ceremonial proceedings don't really begin until the sun dips below the horizon. So for now, it's preparation. Uh, many of the members of the Muskox house are building the uh, bones of a great bonfire, uh, s seemingly right in the center where these massive standing stones, all these animals, your repaired raven amongst them, all can witness this glorious fire. And many of the uh, uh, many of the other members of the following are gathered around in small groups, already either singing or dancing, or still setting up more of what is left of this stew and a couple of pots scattered around. This is an absolute yeah, evening of festivities. To do as one pleases. Tomorrow you will deal with the consequences <laughs> when you have to walk all day. But until then, that's a problem for future. That's a holiday. problem for future me. <laughs> 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 several of these caskets of these incredible spirits spread around and the entire following mammoth lords included are well we are all as one during the night of the green moon there is no i mean there's never any like massive hierarchy to the group of you uh, you have your mammoth lords who kind of control each house and uh, are the ones who just sort of keep things functioning keep things rolling but there is no military chain of command in here or anything here, far from it. Uh, Bomerthig is busy dealing with the fire. Wotan and uh, Nakta and Harik are all just amongst the following themselves, enjoying themselves as any other would be. Uh, even Grandfather Sven, as he stands tall over near the, the, stacked, uh, the stacked wood frame of the bonfire itself, uh, is simply enjoying the time, the smile having returned now to his face as you arrive at this ritual site here. The group of you, what do you do? There's an hour left till sundown, but this is your thing. Do you have any preparations? Do you have any thoughts? What would you be doing? What are, your, what are you thinking? We'll start with Hanwi here. Well, Hanwi is, um, I, I suppose, uh, She's going to take this opportunity to do something she doesn't normally do. She's going to go socialize for a bit. Um, she'll be talking to people, uh, going, this is kind of her night, um, and this is kind of a big thing of her becoming a, uh, an official, full-fledged member of the Tusks. She's going to go talk to the people who've basically hosted her for a number of years now, um, and uh, just go have a good time and, and talk to people. And there is a lot going on here. There are drums, there is uh, singing spread throughout a bunch of uh, different groups here. It is it is a loud and boisterous environment, very conducive to that, uh, certainly. Everyone's spirits are high, and, well, with the literal spirits inside of them, <laughs> everyone's super open. Ozash, what are you doing? Well, because it is a festival and I have to hold on to my title proudly, I decided to go into a small corner and go sing songs and stories towards the younglings in the corner. I, 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 you know, occasionally if they get a little rowdy as I'm, you know, in between beating of the drums, I, uh, you know, just, uh, 
takes a whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> it's got his mug over there by the kitty circle. <laughs> he gets a good I'd hits. love you to tell you the story of how my friend got melted by moose. Every kindergarten teacher ever. Yeah. Um, Aram is going to try to find a way to get an herb into um into Bartham's drink that will make him poop all day tomorrow when we are traveling. Yeah, that sounds about right. We'll make it everybody's problem. That sounds about right. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, as you you spending some time rooting around trying to find something, um, Barthen has got his spear here on absolutely prominent display as he is just showing it off to a bunch of different people throughout the area. Uh, you see him currently actually with Wotan, Harik's husband, uh, showing him this mighty spear he has uh, found from the river he has claimed for himself from Wotan's house, from <laughs> you guys. Uh, you note that the banner... Obviously, the freaking severed body parts aren't there, but like the, okay. the banner has been entirely removed as well. Mm -hmm. Though the attachments uh, and the coupling that it had, had hang, hung by, the rope that had bound it to the spear, is still in place. Uh, it doesn't look to you like you really wanted to get rid of it, but you know. Grandpa probably, said so. Grandpa probably told him to take. Could the you flag please take the, the Nazi spear. flag off the spear? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! That is so how about you, Verja? Um, a mix of he's got the the magic stone that's no one no one has really explained to him. Do you have your rune stone? <laughs> <laughs> okay. He was told it was for holding and, and using magic stones. He was not told that there's not currently one in it. Okay. So he's playing with it. <laughs> Basically an empty beer can. I, <laughs> I love this. Okay. Not really sure what to do with it. Uh, just kind of looking at it, flipping it around, maybe going around and like holding it up to the statues and stuff. <laughs> And the whole time, baby rock, mommy's here. It's like, it's magic stone, big stones, and uh, the whole time, he's still a little concerned about the other burning tusks, burning mammoths, burning mammoths, uh, sending people to disrupt the ritual or maybe break the stones. Already had a stone broken. Speaking of, as you're holding a rock up to the bear a monolith here, you see Henry just kind of waddle up on oh, his side of your vision. Henry. What are you doing? I've got the the, the the rune stone, and you said it was magic. And Is this how you get the spirits on the rocks? Is this where they came from? That might be what this stone does. You said it was magic. I've never seen one before. I haven't either. It's a very interesting rock. It's definitely a rock. Can I see See if you can get those spears in the stone. He takes the rock. This isn't a rock. You can't move it. It's it's hard. Rocks aren't hard. You can pose <laughs> right. rocks however you want. <laughs> Even a spirit rocks like these giant things. It's not a rock? 
Ew. <laughs> Does it taste like a rock? Tastes like a rock. Feels like a rock. It looks like a rock. Must be a duck. Hands it back to his big wet like. Taste of it. Tastes like magic. Is it a magic rock? Yeah, it's a runestone rock. You told me that yesterday. Oh, would not have been Henry that told you that. It would have been. Oh, did you mean Henry? Is that what you meant? Yeah. yeah. Henry's the rock the guy? expert. Oh, I literally just thought you meant like whoever was gathering. No. All, like, no, the, the expert the of rocks. Okay, well, then, yeah, he was I like, noticed you used a different yeah. voice. Yeah. But... yeah, I was that no idea you meant Henry. Um, <laughs> Our local rock expert, the man who can literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Insert sound know. here. Do you think. Wait, do you think that. That. Is the thing maybe that that, that holds the spirits that, that moves them around? If you take a spirit from 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 one of these to somewhere else, or from wherever else to one of these, do you think that rock is like a? It could be. It's like a mount for spirits. They ride it. You might hmm. be onto something. How do we know? Did you get anything when you were holding it up to this bear? My arms felt a little numb. You keep doing it. I think something's happening. <laughs> Please you? tell me I see this. Virgin Please and tell Henry me I see this. Holding his rock All right, all right, you know. runestone up uh, the monolith all right. together. So. I am going to try to sneak up and get over the stone and scare the heck out of them as I kind of go right over and go boo. Still. Let me his stealth roll. What's your perception, DC, Virgin? 16. 16. It's just, really bad. Because that tray turned into a trampoline. I mean, I never had the problem when I rolled in it, but. That tray hates us. Uh, it's gonna be a 16. Beats it. So you are just just barely sneaky enough to stay out of uh, Verge's vision. He's, he's kind of focused on this, and you see Henry sitting there looking <laughs> back and forth when his rinse down the big pillar. You see um, Aram's face slowly intercede above the rock. Hi. Is this what the runestone does? Do you feel any spirits up there? What? 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 What do you? I don't know. We're using this weird spirit commanding rock. These stones you, have spirits in them. What are you talking about? Uh, the rock. What about? Toss it up to you. Catch it. Verge Vergeson found it. That's not. Verge Scalda. Close. There's a what now? Scalda. No, thank you. Version, version, so we'll go with that. Well, as you're looking over the runestone, Hanwi, as you're making your way around, Ergola would find her way into you. Uh, her, her steps at this point, after a couple hours of walking to Rockloom, like very laborious, and she would make her way over. Uh, both of her hands on her stomach, her shoulders kind of rolled down, but a smile on her face. Hanui. Oh, goodness, Rigla, you should be laying down. <laughs> As the night of the green moon. If Sister Cinder sees fit to bless me today, so be it. Besides, I could not exactly roll my way from the campgrounds, could I? Well, of course, but now that you're here, surely we can set something up for you. I need... I can't be too far from the fire. I need to be front, front and center for oh, all of my favorite 
talented young scouts. I'm not going to miss this. Are you kidding me? Of course not. No. Do you know how long, how much of my life I have put into teaching most of your friends? And you too, but... A number of years, but... uh, All of them. All of their years. Oh, that's true. (sighs) Most of them. Anyway, I suppose I was not taking infants out. Well, you know, there was this one time with a Wolpertinger. (laughs) (laughs) You should tell me about it. Oh, it's not a terribly interesting story. Uh, oh, I'm sure Ozosh could make it interesting. Did you I'm, hear what he did with the other one? I'm sure he could. <laughs> it was practically a dragon that came out of that river and accosted us. <laughs> well, he would hear you tell this tribe, I'm sure, uh, tell these tales, I'm sure the group of you could take down an entire herd of mammoths unassisted. Well, let's hope we don't have to prove it. With nothing but pointy sticks and rocks. Well... <laughs> You did bring a you did bring an infant out on the last hunt, don't forget. You carried him the entire way. <laughs> Not quite an infant yet, but I suppose you are true. You, okay. work, you work very hard, Arugula. We we all we all appreciate it and we all love it, but I think it's time for you to take some time for yourself. A place of prominence by the fire where you can stay warm and keep an eye on everything, of course. I'm sure yes. you wouldn't have it any other way. Somewhere that I will be able to see when the grandfather comes out to, well... I'm not missing any of this. Your pendants, uh, I have seen them. All right. And I want to see them born by you and your friends. You're very sweet. And Barthen. <laughs> <laughs> As the group of you, I know... Don't enjoy his presence. I thank you for putting up with him all these years. He's a bit of a bore, but he is, he's good at what he does. He's... I don't know, really. They don't know what to make of him. I mean, obviously, I've never... <laughs> you should see the disputes me and my sister got into growing up. <sighs> but I've never seen someone so... I don't know, hostile? Not in the tusks, anyway. Not here. He feels like he has to prove himself constantly. It must be very difficult. I think he... Maybe he feels like he has to fill his father's shoes. I mean, the grandfather Sven had to raise his child and then his child's child. I wasn't... Well... Never mind. This this is tonight is a night of festivities, of excitement, of <laughs> happiness, of tusks, of new tusks. Of course. But first, we're going to put you right by that fire in okay. the best place. I won't Fine. hear anything oh. more of it. This way. This You better have this much enthusiasm for taking care of me when I'm old, Hanwe. <laughs> this better carry on for 40, 50 more winters. Oh, don't worry. Yeah, you, me, and those uh, those twins you're bearing are certainly going to be perfectly oh, fine. Oh, you too? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you take Weepa over, and uh, she gets a good space uh, over on the side, which will be a clear view uh, of the area behind the bonfire, between the fire itself and the stones of Rockloom, where this is all going to begin. And around this point, as you all engage, you all partake, you all enjoy your evenings, as the sun starts to crest down below the horizon, the light starts to fade through those oranges and those reds of the sunset. Merthig, uh, a man that admittedly of the 
mammoth lords of the following is probably the one that you have the least cause to interact with usually. I mean, also true of Nocta when you're not going out getting punched by animals. Which has been happening more frequently. Which is really just a really recent thing. <laughs> That's just our turn to get uh, punching bagged. <laughs> Look, I've mostly been punched by him. He is probably one of the most distinctive members of the entire following. Murthig's the only dwarf in all of the Broken Tusks. Uh, but looking at him leads you to wonder how his folk ever lived in tunnels under the ground, if you believe those tales. Murthig is hes five feet tall. He's, he's taller than some of the humans in your tribe. And uh, he would probably very possibly be the only dwarf many of you have ever seen, probably casting some doubt on their like average stature mm. that you may have heard from some other travelers. Yeah. And that's before even you this even start to consider the mane of bright red hair erupting like lava out from the top of his head and just wild down across his shoulders, falling in thick love him. braids down the sides of his face. Uh, feeding into an equally massive beard. Is this just Marshall's, like, long-lost uncle? Yeah. Because <laughs> he fits Marshall's dead. Don't you put Henry on the <laughs> screen. Henry, Get Henry saying. off the screen. It's Henry's lost father. <laughs> he has, uh, as the firekeeper now, he was once uh, one of the great hunters of the following, and the scars of a lifetime of hardship and numerous difficult hunts cross the skin of his face nearly everywhere. Uh, it is fairly mangled, but his spirits, as long as you've ever know him, known him, are the highest amongst the following. Though Grandfather Sven is usually one to lead by example, a smile on his face, Murthig is never seen without this beaming grin. You've literally never seen him in what it looks like anything less than great spirits. Um, and as he moves over to this bonfire, uh, he has a torch in one hand. The one hand. Uh, because his other arm ends just above the elbow. Uh, something that you would have known he would have lost in an incredibly dangerous taper a capture uh, yeah <laughs> dangerous taper encounter yeah. <laughs> uh, some years before many of you were born and you also know that he is a huge fan he finds it hilarious to like when he waves he waves at that yeah <laughs> he thinks it's so funny <laughs> sounds like a great guy so he is he is just like giving him high fives with the Absolutely would do it. He just thinks it's the funniest thing ever. Like, it has not brought him down 1% to have lost one of his arms. Uh, though it did help roll him into his uh, new job as the firekeeper because he, uh, he he has decided after that, maybe not hunting anymore. Yeah. If I lose one more of those, I'm going to have a really tough time. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a thing he says pretty regularly. It's fine. I've still got this one. Uh, he takes the torch out to the bonfire as much of the festivities around the camp start to uh, gather. Um, people start really focusing their attention in here. This is the commencement of everything. And as he gets the kindling across the bottom lit, the base of this wood starts to pick up. The coals start to burn. By the time that the sun has dipped below the horizon and just the purple and orange light emanates up from the horizon, met by near blackness at the far end. Licks of flame run up the full length of this frame. As Murthig makes his way around this, sticking his torch down into the coals, inspecting the fire from every angle. 
as he stalks around it almost like an animal. This glint off of his hair almost matched in color by the red vigor of the bonfire itself. He turns out to the group of the tusks, which have now fallen near silent by this point as everyone sits and watches. This fire is good! And Woo! this would be something that there would be cheers spread throughout the audience too. This is the commencement. By the grace of Cinder's gift, fire. We know right from wrong. We choose right. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yes, more cheers out from the following. The revelry uh, as the silence broken only by Murthig's proclamations now erupts back into this happiness and joy. I'm just going to... Yeah, because... That's the rock loop. I mean, honestly, roll initiative is never going to happen. I don't know why you're doing this. But he turns around and continues to explain to the group of you. Fire! The first spark! (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Given to us by Amka's sacrifice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hell and the devil. The first spark given to us by Sister Cinder. The warmth in the night, in the darkness, and the harshest winters, always to be relied upon to keep our days bright and our bellies warm and full. The, f- the simplest and most pure of all her blessings. But, and he uh, turns around gestures to the baskets that the group of you had brought down from the Gornok River. Um, and puts a hand on top of the lid of one of these baskets here. Salt too, is their balance in all things. These, the ceremonial waters, life itself, the very essence of existence, of survival here on these trackless trails. And he drags one of the baskets over towards the fire, places the lid on the ground next to it, using one foot and the one arm, tips over, so it starts to spill a bit of it into a rim that has been dug around the bonfire, which shoots up curtains of steam around the bonfire itself, as the fire, of course, at this point is substantially more powerful than a small little stream of water. Uh, that's just kind of running around its outside. <clears throat> and as this all poofs up into the end, this massive cloud before the standing stones of the ritual site itself. Though they may disagree sometimes, fire and water, they aren't always conducive to one another. They have their disagreements, as do we all. Water and fire are integral to our way of life, to all tusks, to our very existence in these frozen lands. Indeed, the very winter itself, ice that crusts the tundra, seals the soil. What is it but an excess of one and a lack of the other? In the summers, when all the beasts come, the snow's gone and the water becomes difficult to find, soaked back into the ground, or ascended back into the sky as this very cloud. Balance, the nature of all things, the harmony which we must uphold. And he explains, uh, as he continues on from this, the bonfire lit, the attention 
throughout the crowd is has been kind of split back out. It is it is we're past the opening. There's still a decent amount of people listening to him, but it is more like the people around the fire that want to listen to Murthig kind of explain this balance of fire and water. Many people have gone back out to their conversations and have spread out a little bit more. And this would go on for a couple more minutes before the preliminary rites to begin this are over. As the last of the light fades from overhead, this great bonfire casting its flickering flames across the massive standing stones, the visages of all the animals to which the broken tusks are beholden in your forehouses, and casting the shadows of your revelry throughout this circle. The time for, celebra for celebrations begins. These stones glow orange, as does the face of Grandfather Sven, as he strides out before the fire. Standing tall, even in his old age, smile back on his face, and turn to address the tusks as a whole. This light dancing across him as it is almost makes his wrinkled face look just a little bit more youthful. He stands for a moment as a hush falls over the assembly. Everyone waits. But then, in an instant, like thunder, HA! And the whole of the following <laughs> in unison <laughs> shouts back, HA! HA! One unanimous cheer. It is a good night! The green moon has graced us with fair weather. The Gornok River has blessed us with water. And our scouts have honored us with fine food. Uh, much of what would have been prepared around Rockloom would be the finer cuts of the moose that you would brought back from your initial adventure. These huge flanks laid out on flat stones uh, to cook and to grill. Uh, stews made from the softest bits of its fatty tissue and what would perhaps be an off-putting, almost gruel throughout much of the world. A delicacy up here to the broken tusks. Moose loin. And he continues. Tonight, we mark the moment that winter turns into spring. We also mark the transition from friend to follower. And uh, Murthing comes up as uh, one hand laden with a bunch of small tokens seem to be carved of uh, black painted ivory cords looped over his arm and holds them out as Grandfather Sven takes them all into his hands. Together, let us honor our newest tusks. And he motions towards the group of you, Amka, and Barthen as the following erupts into cheers and excitement. Amka's an axe now. <laughs> Here in spirit. <laughs> As you approach and turn back to see the cheering, excited faces of your entire following, Weepa on the closest end, do, sat do, on do the ground. Do you mean Ergola? Uh, Ergola sat on the ground, uh, laid out, propped up with some more of these bundled cloths and furs. Huge grin on her face. Barthen, massive smirk. 
walking up, pushes past to be in the front of this. As he comes up and embraces his grandfather, Sven kind of staggers a bit, puts one arm around his grandson here. And Barthen turns to the crowd and raises a fist. You're the, the only one you clapping out of everyone. <laughs> there are great, there are yeah. cheers from the other following, but from you guys, it is kind of just him. And do uh, you see <laughs> Grandfather's fun turn? Get a motion again off the other side, and a uh, hairy little face kind of poke out. Is this is this the thing? Is this? Yeah, it's the yeah. thing. Come on, Hair. Yeah, sort of Henry. potters out. Oh. <laughs> wow, there are a lot of you. It kind of sort of just like creeps like behind Verja a little, a little bit out of sight. Us. <laughs> us, Henry. There's a lot of us. You're part of us now. Yeah, your family. Okay. Give him the stone. It'll make him feel better. <laughs> Hand him the, the rune stone. Grandfather Sven walks over as you handle a rock to him, and he takes it, just kind of holds it up to his chest. And he walks up to uh, in front of Aram, puts a hand up on your shoulder. State your name before the tusks so that you may become one. Um, he'll, uh, he'll draw his sword and put it into the ground, and then, uh, he'll, uh, kneel. Aram, about our house! Your respect is humbling, but unnecessary, Aram. Tonight, the focus is not I, it is you! Please, rise. And he takes one of these things these small little pendants off of his hand. And you can see it as a small, like, flat carved visage of an otter with a streak of black paint across one eye, carved out of old diary and on a leather strap out long enough to hang around your neck. And he holds it out before you, and it's in a ritual that you probably would have seen once before at Ergola and Ponwaku's ceremony. You know exactly what to do. As you put it on, he, uh, the grandfather turns out towards the, the audience again. Ha! And the hall of the tusk before you repeat the call back to the six, seven of you, I guess, with Henry standing up there. And this man, this old man's face cannot contain this beaming smile. What's an impressive man you have grown into, Arm. Thank you, grandfather. And he takes another step forward towards Verja and you as well. State your name before the tusks, so that you may become one. Verja Skalda of House Otter. And hands you one of the pendants as well. Next step forward over towards Ozash. State your name before the tusks, so that you may become one. Ozash the Zedra of Otter House. I'll do this pendant. I... Admit, Ozash, your studies of magic uh, in past years made me a degree of skeptical. I have not always been the most supportive, but 
None can doubt your power now, what you have accomplished. I thank you, grandfather. Next another step for towards Hanwe. State your name before the tusks, so you may become one. Hanwe of Otterhouse. The second to last pendant off hands it to you. Whatever your origins, from wherever you hail, be it the moon or some other distant lands, you are as much a tusk as any here, aren't we? Thank you. He steps over to Barthen, puts a hand up on his shoulder and looks in his grandson's eyes and smiles. And Barthen kind of looks at him, smirk on his face. State your name before the Barthen! All here know it! Raises his fist again. He's gonna poop tomorrow. Holds out a hand. <laughs> holds out a hand towards Grandfather Sven. As smile on his face, kind of shakes his head. I'm just gonna punch. Shakes him. the pendant and hands it to Barthen. He puts it over his head with this this one hand, fist all raised in the air. Tonight is our night, Tusks. And grandfather's um, um, friend nods. Um, Indeed. My grandchild, this is truly your moment. Treasure it. It's well earned. And he, uh, he has no more pendants among his arms, but he kind of like stands over and leans around to uh, Henry, who's now at the end of this line, just sort of like halfway behind Barthen. And as he goes to sort of lean down to get close to his height, Barthen, aren't you forgetting something? Whatever looks up. Just glares at him. And it, kind of a hush comes out and everyone's looking out towards Barthen now. It's time, grandfather, to announce your successor. Who will become leader of Falcon House? Are you seriously doing this right now? And there is some gasps and some murmurs throughout the audience here. And he throws a glance over your direction and looks back in Grandfather Sven's eyes. Sven's face, motionless, unbroken, no reaction. You have always been headstrong, Barthen and hasty. The night is not yours alone. It is for all broken tusks. If not now, when? And if not me, then who? Don't tell me you're actually mistaking th these fools for true tusks. Do you see us? And he looks over at Arm. What? Him? What option even is there? Maybe when you learn some respect for your elders. And, uh, Henry, ah, uh, what am I supposed to be doing? <laughs> You're doing great, Henry. T lift up the rock. And Ira, uh, Sven, staring up, his smile kind of faded now, a much sterner expression on his face, just looking straight into Barthin's eyes completely unshaken. And you can see as much as he's trying to front Barthen's like 
shaking. His face is flushed, visible, even in the red light of the fire. He is physically shaking. And you can um, see... I'm going to kind of move a little bit closer to being between him and my grandfather in case he decides to do something really stupid. I'm going to make sure he does it to me instead of to him. Scowl growing on his face, and he looks down as you come over, and you can almost see, like, his eyes are puffing up a little. Barton's upset. Barton is extremely upset. Sure, it's his fault, but... He'll be sorry. Arm, step back. Maybe you should calm down a little. Step back! This doesn't concern you. You're not Falcon anymore. Oh, look at grandfather Sven and I'll meet his eyes and I'll just nod a little like letting him know that I'm here but I'll step back he will blink and nod and just sort of wave his hand motion you away and turn back to Barthen's glare here and as they sort of stare down for a few moments first thing to punctuate this near silence that has fallen over the group of you is a loud, oscillating cry. It's not from Barthen, it's not from Sven, it's from somewhere back behind the standing stones. And you see the light of a torch appear. Another, another, and several more. And Sven turns and looks past, Barthen turns around and all of you turn and see this. Murmurs rustle through the following for a moment before you hear a scream of pain from, behind, uh, from the crowd of tusks behind you and a surge of monstrous faces erupt from the darkness behind the standing stones. Faces covered in blood red scarred markings, wielding spears with hate in their eyes and from that moment, near everything else is a blur. <sighs> Chaos breaks out through Rockland. Uh, immediately, the mammoths, which the various mammoth lords have out onto the sides of the standing stones are the closest thing to this and are set upon by a wave of these torch-bearing, spear-wielding, burning mammoths. And as they break into the, uh, into the crowd here uh, and set upon their prey, you are some of the closest targets. But you hear a cry from behind you. You hear Ergola, and you turn around and look, and you see her face grit, and she doubles over and curls over on her side on the ground. No burning mammoths are near her, nothing has struck her. Oh, great, she's going into labor. Nocta immediately sees what's happening, points out, gives a command to her mammoth, and runs over towards Weepa, facing the group of, the group of you. Come, protect, your, uh, protect her! Oh, absolutely, immediately, sword shield out. Axe and shield ready. And Grandfather Iowa and Barthen turn around as the first these mammoths break the line. This hate in Barthen given an absolutely beautiful target. <laughs> he picked a bad day. Oh, it's a bad day to try to jump Barthen as he turns around, pulls out this spear slung across his back, and decides it's a good opportunity for some venting. As you move, you see a couple of them move towards Henry and Grandfather Sven. Henry 
who immediately, surprisingly, just ducks right under a spear, and you see him kind of reflexively, like, reach out, almost like a like a cartoonish chop towards the knees of all the hunters running at him, which is he hits, buckles completely <laughs> inward, and drops the guy to the ground. Get rocked. Uh, so glad we didn't fight him. This man <laughs> carries rocks. <laughs> no one wants to mess with his size. He is the master if he boulder. If karate chops your knee, your knee is gone. <laughs> Grandfather Sven is kind of knocked to the ground by a hunter that moves toward him. As they go to raise his spear, Barthen just runs him through and physically picks him up and casts him back into the mammoth stone at the center of the thing. Him taking a defensive position over his grandfather and the four of you moving a little bit back, a little east of the fire, setting up around Ergola. As all hell breaks loose, everybody roll me some initiative. Ooh, somebody about to be Dumbo Toe Jam. Definitely nobody is scouting here, so you get what you get. Yes! yes. Might not have been scouting, but we were ready for something. We were ready for something! <laughs> well, Varsha? 21. 21. Aram? 25. 25. Jeez. Hanwi? 16. 16. And Ozash? 14. 14. We're doing uh, still not terrible. As you take up your defensive positions here, your fears are confirmed, Aram. This stress of this moment, whatever is happening, has sent Ergola into labor. Uh, she is curled up on the ground, and Nocta is over <clears> her, <throat> acting as midlife as well as she can here. Uh, she turns to the group of you. Do what you must. Keep her safe. Please. And you see as you're sort of kind of the front here kind of at the front here a group of four of these figures uh torches raised up in one hand clubs in the other dressed and looking much like the exactly like the pair of burning mammoth hunters you've met the other day charging through the line of the standing stones at rock loom your direction here are four lads oh boy And they got a 19, which will put them smack in the middle. So, Aram, you are the first as you see them coming. These, there are many more than this, but these are the four you immediately see that appear to be coming your direction. Um, Aram uh, will, or, or how close are they to me? Uh, probably about 35, 35 feet away. Um. Aram is going to hold. He would normally pull out his bow, but at this point, he's more in defend other mode. He's not going to drop his shield, um, and he doesn't want to move too far away from Ergola and open up, um, uh, o- open up a, a hole in their line. So I'm actually going to hold um, and just guard. How about you, Verja? Is readying an action to concentrate? A readying an action is a concentrate. It takes two actions. You cannot ready things while you're raging. Okay. Without moment of clarity. Yeah. Oh yeah, hunt prey. You can't do anything. That's, if you're that's right. That's on action. I will um, draw my sword and ready to hit the first one that comes close. This is protect the pregnant lady. Yeah. It's Very not much. time to be rushing into the. Into Very the much protect the pregnant lady. But I will ready to strike the first one that comes within my reach. And as they rush forward, uh, the group charging in, descending upon you. Uh, they are going to crash into your lines here. 
Uh, one directly in front of, it was Ozosh on the end, one around to his flank, one in front, uh, I can't tell, one in front of Hanwi and one in front of Verja. Um, so Verja, you can take your swing at whichever of those two you choose. The one going towards Hanwi. Okay. <laughs> this man might be dead. Um, that's a 19 on the die, so 25. 25 will critically hit. Okay. <laughs> Um, he may not be raging, but I don't think it'll matter. <laughs> well, I rolled a two, so that's only going to be uh, ten. That's very low on the dice. Ten is a solid hit, and as this guy rushes in, uh, his momentum being carried up into your blade there, um, you get a solid blow. Uh, Hanra, you see him descending on you, you see... What, what, what is she saying? Well, He's not dead, but it's yeah, a huge hit. Coming towards you. Nah, look this way. <laughs> Gotta pay attention. Bats him and almost doubles him over. Pulls his attention away from Hanwi, who he was bearing down on with his club in hand. Um, um, both of the two on the left flank here are going to be swinging on Verja. Who's not raging, so Who is not raging, AC. which is decently, decently good for you. Uh, they did have to take two actions to close. So... We have definitely one miss. Uh, the guy you just basically gutted, natural one, as he just sort of <laughs> defensively swipes this club backwards. 25 on the other for a normal hit, normal I believe. Hit. Um, and that club is going to catch you for five points of bludgeoning damage. Um, after they finish that, I'm going to step in. On the right side. Um, yeah, the other two. Ozosh, who has had the time to fall back to Ergola and not much else. He's going to have two more of them descend upon him, each of them taking a swing. Um, wow, these are, I got like a 1 and a 17 on the last roll, and I got a 2 and a 20 on this roll. Whoa. Uh, so while you're busy fending off one of them, the other one catches you completely off guard with a big swing. Um, and that club is going to clock you for, fortunately, not a high roll, so eight points of bludgeoning damage. That is doubled. Pretty low damage roll. Oh, Works out. He gets a, he gets a little, little sidetracked there, and he's, he's like... And then Aram, you can come in here. Um, Aram sees them uh, rush uh, into Verja and Hanwi, and he immediately, uh, his eyes glow and he, with hate, and he steps in to defend Hanwi, um, and he's going to take a, a swing at the one who attacked her, but first, that guy has hurt his prey. Okay. <laughs> Order of operations. Prey, then kill. Mm. Prey, then kill. Mm. That guy's got... Just like a priest. damage on him. He's been a little slapped. Quack, quack. Uh, so that's going to be a uh, 21. 21 will hit. This is the one in front of Hanri, right? The one that mm-hmm. gives blab to you. So he's dead. Uh, that's going to be eight points Super of damage. Dead. Super dead. Between Verge's massive swing and your follow-up, he cannot take any more. And that one, defensive swipe useless, crumples to the ground before you. And uh, with uh, his uh, technique uh, in flurrying, he's going to take uh, another strike at one that's not his prey. So the one next to him. Okay. So minus five because it's regular five. attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's going to be a 12. Uh, 12 is just swipe at him. Uh, so he's got a little bit of distance over here. Dealing with Virgin, don't really get a solid hit in, but Hanwi. 
Uh, Hanwi uh, is going to take a step back, get out of easy whack in range. Um, and you've probably got uh, Ergola and Nocta are maybe 15 feet behind you, so you have some space here. Uh, They're like at the uh, bottom of the screen, maybe right off it. Okay, perfect. Um, green Moon guides you both, um, and light from the moon will actually almost come down on Verja and Ozash in a column as you both get guidance. E. Um, and that's my third action. Uh, so that brings us around to Ozash. <sighs> he immediately roars at the one that hit him. And he screams out, Samoyiti! And his axe lights up on fire, and he's going to spell strike that guy. He is not happy about There's this. There's a guy on the flank. Oh. I say that is a reroll. Hey. Nice. <laughs> That's what the Smart. cards are for. You look inflamed. And your plus one. Uh, much better. better. So that's plus one, so that's 12, plus 19. 19 absolutely will connect. Fire damage. They're pretty lightly armored and they're just rushing in. They don't have any shields or anything. Mm -hmm. They're throwing themselves at oh, you. Probably helped by hit in Trey. a tough time yeah. with Trey rolling today. You guys, you guys Difficult Trey day. To be fair, we haven't missed the Trey. <laughs> You have. No. If it oh, bounces on the other side of the table, uh, it's still a So miss. that's going to be nine, nine that's damage. A nine points of damage. That's okay. Uh, and then with his, whatever, we'll find it later. And with his uh, second action, he's going to immediately look at, um, or I'm sorry, his last action, I mm -hmm. should say. I got you. Words are hard. Uh, Skuldor Higva. He's going to uh, shielding strike uh, the same guy in front of him. Okay. Minus, Solid. There's a minus 10. Minus 10. Minus 10, but I still get the plus but one. But you still get the plus You do not I, get the plus mm, one, so nah. it's just a minus It's only good for one. one. Oh, it's only one attack. It doesn't matter. You're going to roll a 20. So you have to roll 20 at Bonka. It's irrelevant. Ah, uh, oh, roll a 19. 19. See, I so told you. That's going total? to be... Huh? If it was a total, you might hit him. Uh, let's see. Minus 10, plus 7, so that's going to be 16. 16 hits him. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he is going to get... That's why you, you always go for it. Pathfinder 2E tactical knowledge. Always, always just swing, just three, swing three, three times. Don't do that. Right? Oh, you're shield bashing him. Yeah, I'm shield. Oh, okay, shield, never mind. Unless you're a Magus. Unless you're a Magus, which could go nuts. Uh, nice. That's a solid nine damage. Nine more damage. <laughs> he, he so, you're shield bashing as much as you spell strike. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a D6 plus he four. He dead. What, what happened? What are you doing? So after he just like cuts him and burns him after a first strike, he sees him stumble and he takes this opportunity to just go with his sparkling shield and it just decapitates his head. And then <laughs> as the shield guides it, guides his arm back into defensive positions. And, for, for and as he just it. absolutely topples backwards on the ground behind you and uh, behind him in a fucking violent display. Um, just roll almost 20s. As you look around after you. a round of combat here, you can see that this, the hunters, you are, you're the hunters in training. Ergola is the head, head scouts in training rather. Uh, Ergola's the leader of the scouts, but her twin sister, Punwaku, and several others still do the main business throughout the uh, tribe's migrations throughout the years. All of the scouts and near all of the hunters have rushed up to the front lines uh, with whatever they could find. Most of their hunting supplies packed and readied uh, for the journey tomorrow to get back on the road. So some people are simply swinging torches. Some people are flinging rocks. Uh, some people just fighting as they Very can. Very disappointed with, in Grandfather Sven's preparations. <laughs> small fletching knives and daggers, but there are, uh, because these hunting packs, 
Like, there's not... You don't have that many spears in the following. Like, even if they were totally ready and had every spear out, it's not... It's... You're dwarfed by the numbers of these burning, burning mammoths. There's like two dozen of them hmm. pour out from the back lines here. Hey, you can see... The grandfather Sven has fallen back to his mammoth, who is doing a pretty decent job of defending itself uh, as it turns back to bow his head, uh, using its tusk as a step to allow grandfather Sven to mount. Uh, Murthig has already, Murthig and Wotan have already rushed atop their steeds and are guiding their mammoths from their mounted position, just rampaging through, cutting through swaths of these encroaching burning mammoths as they arrive and the hunters and the scouts are doing their best but where there's not a mammoth on the front line it's definitely more of a pitched battle verja a lot of friends are getting hurt i think this justifies time to i literally don't know ass. anything that could possibly justify yeah. raging more than this you're getting attacked by an angry army who's middle. crashed your festival <laughs> your pregnant boss best friend is giving mm -hmm. birth immediately behind you buddy's <laughs> so getting get bonked you got bonked <laughs> yeah time to get just a tiny bit angry and um definitely gonna rage and look at the one in front of me and rather than taking a full swing, I'm going to, I guess, faint towards them, but not actually fainting, intimidating them, just bulking okay. up in front of them. Like we're intimidating. Bulking up. Yeah. I am bigger than you. Yeah. I will Flex on him. Flex Bonk on him. that man. Uh, and that will only be... Is that a six? That's it six. is a six. Okay, that's only going to be an 11. Uh, with an 11... Regardless of the two foes you've already stricken down, this one in front of you does not seem phased. You ain't um, seen me yet. <laughs> he's, he's throwing himself fully into this. All right, then. Uh, 18. 18 will hit. Uh, six? Yeah. Six. This dice has white lines on top of a white background. Pick a different one. <laughs> I didn't choose this set. Okay. So, 11. 11 just doesn't bring him down. It is huge, a huge hit that sends him reeling, but doesn't end him. Uh, as he, with not the greatest amount of self-preservation, but not literally zero, um, commences swinging back. Uh, the first smack of his club as he attempts to retaliate with his smaller, quicker weapon, just trying to get in under your huge blows uh, is going to be a 10. Absolutely not going to hit. He is very off balance from, you know, losing 11 twelfths of his health in a single hit. <laughs> um, <laughs> we shan't speak of that. The second literally lower. Um, he is extremely on the back foot. And he is actually going to kind of swipe with a torch at you as he steps back away from this front line, putting just a tiny amount. Can of we be level two away. right now? <laughs> you want chase? Um, which I have has no escape for level absolutely two no chance of landing on you either. Uh, on the other side, this other burning mammoth has just seen Ozaj obliterate his friend and realize this is a problem. <laughs> And it's going to redouble his efforts to attempt to bring you down. Uh, and first, he kind of smirks, and you get this weird... It's like a guttural grunting. like. 
And then he talks and he realizes he is so burnt across his face. His throat is so ruined. He can barely even speak at this point. You can't take us all. It sounds like a demon spitting in your face as he swings this club down for a 24. To, it, to hit, uh, yeah. Oh, that was, that was, uh, sorry, to intimidate is... Oh, intimidate, it's a uh, 10 plus 19. Lower. 19 uh, to intimidate. Oh, it, uh, yeah, that, that that passes. You're frightened one, and then he's going to bring his club down. I got to roll the intimidate. I can't just put all the flavor on it. Uh, bring in a club down for a 25. <laughs> uh, that, that's shield block. Shield is up for a reason. All right, shield is up. He hits you for four. You block it entirely. He just, nice. he sees it, and he... He, despite being a little spooked by his, oh, he just no. If anything, it inspires no. you to defend yourself. <laughs> no, I don't like this. Oscar. <laughs> as, his, as his wooden club thuds against Ozash's bone shield, he's going to do the same thing his ally did, uh, just kind of sweeping with his torch as he steps back, getting a little bit of difference and sweeping the torch at you for a nineteen. Just sees it kind of coming. He's like, stop. Stop! I don't like. I don't like what you're doing. Stop, Arm. It's hard to burn bone. <clears throat> Arm's gonna step up and say, "Don't you touch my best friend." To which one? Uh, the one who's on you. How's that? She'll be. Um. He's doing pretty good so far. He's yeah, doing great. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, as he does that, he'll mark him as his prey. Okay. Um, and then uh, he will bring Sluma down. Lightning strikes. What is Sluma? Sluma's my sword. Oh, okay. It's not actual lightning. I was like, we have not in fact covered that. It's the first time that name has come out. Fair enough. Third. Uh, but uh, that's going to only be a, an 11. Um, yeah. 11's not going to land. Um, but it's okay, because uh, he's going to bring it around again and take one more uh, swing at him. Uh, well, minus three on a hunter's flurry? Minus yeah. three on a hunter's flurry. Solid. Step. Mark swing. Is that Mark Flurry? Flurry. Hunter's Flurry. Flurry is one action oh, swing twice. Oh, yeah, because you marked them. I marked that boy. That is a Ooh. 19. So that's a like 16. Losing all your 22. Bones. 22 definitely hits him. It definitely <laughs> brings the man who has already been struck for 11 twelfths of his health down. Uh, so that's max damage. <laughs> what do you hit him for? Uh, that's 11. Also, 11 again. <laughs> he is 22 twelfths dead at this point. So, uh... Uh, so as a Sluma uh, comes down, uh, it will uh, bisect him in half. Uh, I think and... that's what bisect means. Yeah. That is true what bisect means. That is exactly what Nobody bisect means. Nobody wants to play with you. And half of his body will... We all do. That's why we show up. Will, uh, will fall back, and Arm will actually get a surprised look on his face. Like, that was way more effective than he planned it to be. Yeah, you, like, hack through this guy. He's falling out of the back. Uh, and he collapses in a pile for Hanwi's turn here. So the, uh, the momentum against our line here seems to have been spent... Um, and Hanwi's going to kind of scan out into the rest of it. There's still a fair horde of these guys. There's still a in. decent amount. Your mammoths have mowed them down. More keep coming. Uh, at this point, you've probably seen two dozen burning mammoths burst out from the darkness behind Rockloom. 
and they are engaging on near all fronts, all around the north side of this. The mammoths mostly up near the center, and your hunters and scouts fighting out on the fringes, trying to keep them from collapsing around uh, the rest of the following who can't defend themselves as effectively gathered up near the bonfire. Okay, if we can... Okay, so... Um... Hami's going to kind of turn her attention away from this one guy. She's fairly certain that her three friends can handle him. Um, turn back around, we're all on the ground. <laughs> oh my god. What happened? <laughs> uh, light of the moon, come to me. Form your power in my hands and become a storm. And as it, uh, moonlight will shine on her and then condense into her cupped hands um, and grow brighter and brighter until finally power starts crackling around this orb. And she will spend three actions to be cast, to begin casting Horizon Thunder Sphere. Hey, baby. The nuclear cannon is going. Oh, Zosh. Yo, don't be running from me. He's coming right after him. Step up and... You get your spell strike back from your uh, shield strike, don't you? And I'm gonna go east today. Frosty Axie time. Aw. Aw. That's... Fire was more effective. Fire... Well, apparently fire was more effective. That was an 11. Well, he's a little spooked now, and he's seen you blast his friend, and now he is still pressing. He is a little bit more, yeah. you know, cognizant of not getting hit he by the axe that murdered his friend immediately. Ozos just kind of overshoots the strike just a little bit. Verja. Got him. He's a little distracted dealing with Ozosh. And I'm angry. And you know what I see? A perfectly open flank. No, no, no. Like quarterback run into his side. Oh, check him. <laughs> and uh, the sword is going to be the shoulder spear. Okay. So move up and uh, just run into him, just run into him and you can get. piercing. Oh! <laughs> the dice, no. Skewered. Oh, no. <laughs> that I, is a I think he's 20. alivent at this point, but and that's an 11. <laughs> an 11. So that's going oh, to no. be 20 to yeah, he's, 28. He's dead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I literally... Like, he's feeling about a, a negative 16 out of 12 right now. <laughs> like a football tackle shoulder spear, but instead you know that of massive the shoulder, damage rule? <laughs> it's the sword running through the entirety of his chest cavity. And Ozosh, as you miss, you just see this man get absolutely <laughs> speared. Along to the side, tumbling through the dirt. As after this happens, he just kind of drops his axe for a second and looks at you. Every time, why do you keep stealing my kills? <laughs> why? <laughs> why you do this? He left it open. I at least got it started. Uh, I'm assuming that has not ceased everything else happening around us. Everything else is definitely still happening. You've cleared out a little bit of space. These are the main ones because at this point, uh, the Mammoth Lords have all gotten, if not on, to their mammoths uh, and have basically formed a large barricade of giant tusk and stompy death uh, that is most of the ring inside <coughs> these towering monoliths of rock loom itself. Uh, for a moment, as you look around, no more torches seem to emerge from the darkness. Uh, the mammoths are keeping the way decently clear, but the flanks are having a little bit of a problem where you just have your men standing there fighting. Uh, specifically, at the far western side of the area, 
behind Moose House. Uh, you can see the line is definitely starting to bow in again. The burning, the burning mammoths have made some degree of progress. Uh, looking My third back, action will be moving <clears throat> towards that. Then. Fair enough. Uh, looking back at Nocta and Ergola on the ground, Nocta turns to you. That's west, correct? It's west, yeah. Good. Excellent. You have fought as true tusks this day. Uh, Harik and Wotan, they will defend us. Go, help them. And points over towards the same direction the Verger's already sprinting off into. Um, I'm actually not going to move too much. I'm going to drop uh, my sword and shield, and I'm going to pull out my bow. And uh, as she looks and she sees, you got clonked and you got clonked. Uh, Verger, your third action got you a pretty good decent distance away, so she will look at... Ozach, and uh, turn one hand your direction. Son of man. And oh. cast out a wave of golden light towards you, which will heal you for, I'm, it's, it's plus 16. Why am I even rolling it? I'm, uh, I'm great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly throwing that onto you. Uh, Someone over there is going to be designated as my prey, whoever the heck I can see. Fair enough. Um, First target. And this was the way the initiative actually was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hanwi and Ozach, what are you two doing? Well, if if they are certain that uh, they are protected and fine, and uh, I look at Artem, you got the backup? Oh, yeah. Okay. Virgil, save some for me. <laughs> Hanwe? Uh, well, Hanwe has a ball of very angry moonlight in her hand, so what's the biggest concentration of enemies within 60 feet of me? It's probably that western flank there, I'd say. Uh, well... <laughs> <laughs> um... Hanui actually will kind of raise about a few inches off the ground, and her eyes are actually blazing white, and the sphere of energy will be raised above her head, swelling into almost like a little miniature moon, and she's going to fling this thing uh, across the um, uh, across the, the, the encampment, arcing this brilliant white light before it strikes at something. I have to go roll an attack roll to hit one of these guys. Oh, is it a hit? It's not a bunch of reflexes? It's an attack, which, because I've charged it up, will then explode in an emanation, which creates a bunch of reflexes. Ah, fair enough. All right, maybe an attack roll. We'll see if you absolutely delete a guy from existence. I uh, brought 24. Yeah. <laughs> 24 will absolutely hit a guy. So this is going to directly hit a guy it'll, and then explode. It'll directly hit one guy, and it's it's, it's not like a yeah, ton the damage, of damage. The damage but specifics but are not relevant, but it's a huge blast of... Moonlight death. Moonlight li- with arcing power. It's electric. It's electric damage. Oh, okay. Like surging crescents, I guess, mm-hmm. erupting out from this throughout this crowd of burning mammoths here. So now we have artillery. We she have will artillery. never give up on her friends. So as a, but after that, are you going to move forward or are you staying here? Um, if uh the group are moving up, so they look well. That's my whole. That's my whole turn. Yeah, they are. Oh, that's your whole turn. But I mean, then once you be moving behind them, probably. Because this yeah. is probably you're looking at like. 200 feet away yeah. on this western flank. It's going to okay. be like several three moves to get over there. Okay, yeah. I'll uh, sh- so we'll put you, as you get there, you'll probably be like 60 feet behind the rest of the party. Uh, um, yeah, 60 feet behind the rest of the party is fine. I can do that. Uh, and as you all rush over, uh, you can see throughout these uh, these flanks, the eastern, I guess it'll be the eastern because 60 feet at the, at the eastern flank because they're just there. Okay. As you blow this up with Horizon Thunder Sphere, uh, that starts to clear that side out decently well as your scouts really start winning this battle, but these torch-wielding raiders are still just like hacking and bludgeoning through uh, everything they can reach. 
as you pass the bonfire and cross through the center of the camp here, uh, you can see that the houses have started to direct much of the following to fall back. Uh, many of the people that aren't fighting off are trying to retreat back towards the campground where everything is packed and prepared uh, for the journey. You didn't carry all of that with you. The goal was th the points of return from Rockloom later tonight mm -hmm. uh, before resting and leaving in the morning. And as people start to retreat and you pass through the middle, you see a dozen more tiny firelights arc up through the air. Knew it. And descend into the fleeing crowds as they try to retreat south away from the ritual scenes. <clears throat> Volleys of flaming arrows are loosed from further back in the darkness. Damn it. Um, a full moon casts a pale and sickly light on the faces of these raiders as those near the fringes and those that, are, that have not brought torch, uh, lit torches but are still lurking in the edges of the darkness start to fling sacks of burning pitch across the monoliths and a little ways through them into the encampment uh, towards the mammoths defending the group. A much more effective tactic than running at them with clubs and then dying. Uh, <laughs> one, uh, as you kind of, you can't focus on any part of this, there's so much <clears throat> happening. But as you look towards your, uh, your angle, you run and you turn and look back, you see that one of these torch wielding uh, mammoths or burning mammoths has managed to mount one of your mammoths which is ablaze hmm. uh grandfather sven tumbled to the ground some 20 feet away uh, slowly picking himself back up to his feet as this uh burning mammoth raises this torch in the air screaming with uh, screaming with victory as the that, fur of this mammoth that guy is taking two arrows to the heart him. His war cry is eclipsed only by the screeches of pain from the mammoth itself. You want to give me two attack rolls? You can definitely take some shots at him. Uh, hunt prey. Yeah, I'll give yeah. you two shots. What is with this dice tray? It's really not us. It you know, is, you know the definition of insanity is. is? You're, you suck. Have you tried not rolling it like this? I think that usually works a little bit better. I don't like you. Uh, that's going to be a uh, 16. A 16, so you'd bury an arrow and give me another attack roll. It's a minus three. Oh, it's almost, almost an 820. 20. So you catch him with an arrow, and like his mammoth is already trying to throw him off, and that hit would definitely knock him off from the mammoth, leaving this burning burning mammoth, kind of just stampeding around wildly, swinging and flailing uh, as the the uh, warrior that you knock off falls on the ground, and before he can right himself, this entire mammoth topples over onto its side on top of him, trying to quench the flames. Dumbo toe jam. As you approach the western flank here, you see another contingent of these raiders coming into the camp. Uh, but this one looks a little bit different. While most of the people around are just simply fighting with club and torch or spear and torch, this looks like a small, more well-knit group of warriors pushing in. Their leader boasting a large hide kite shield, holding her spear overhand as she pushes forward. And uh, as you rush to engage, you see her use her shield to bash one of your hunters to the ground before running him through with her spear. And at this point, we will come back to initiative as it is a pack of five more of these raiders out here. 
believe I was 22. I was 25. Mm -hmm. But you held, so I guess still 25. Doesn't matter. Whatever. You can go first. You're 18 because you were after the enemies, which were 19. Um, There's two. There's a couple more torchy clubby boys who are coming in with a 24. They are in there and they are excited. There are a couple wielding spears. So are we going off of old initiative? Or? No. Yes. Oh, okay, then We're I have not, 25. No, you're 18. You, you delayed. Delayed. Oh, that's it. I delayed. Um, which will put them here. And then their leader with which the we need a token for. large shield. I go. actually don't know how that affects initiative. I was about to ask, would I be allowed to have a raised shield as I was rushing? Absolutely. You can okay, shield cool. Because I am not dumb. Is um, <laughs> also going to get a 24. Oof. And so as you close in, check real quick, because there are three different kinds of token now. Um, that you have the two of uh, one, I two see. of the other, yeah, and the I different see. one. Because there are a couple of the club torch guys that you just fought. There are a couple of these spear-wielding fighters that are that look very similar to the hunters you met the other day at the Taper Grove. And there is the leader with the shield and the spear. Okay. I think we got it. So the leader, after stabbing this down tusk, is going to see Ozosh and Verja. She is going to grin, 50-50, uh, says left, and she is going to raise her shield and rush forward towards Verja. You two are just sprinting at each other because you're sprinting across this entire field here. Uh, and as she gets there, oh no, she's not gonna raise her shield. She's just gonna run forward and slam you. As she gets there, spear isn't even a thought. She kind of tucks it down the side, buckles her shoulder in and runs in and just puts all her momentum behind slamming you with this thick hide shield. For a 21. Not a crit. As a, a barbarian, that is what I aspire for. <laughs> Not a crit is the goal of the mm-hmm. barbarian. Mm-hmm. And that shield, uh, it does have a jagged bone spike erupting out from the middle of it that will cut through you uh, as she slams you. And you are going to take seven points of... I guess it's actually still... Shield boss is still bludgeoning damage. It's annoying. It's a, huh. It hurts a lot, but you're okay. mostly still just getting slammed. Seven points of bludgeoning damage. I think it gives you the option for piercing. I think spikes do piercing. Spikes? Yeah, yeah it's, it's a, a spike. I think I just misunderstood what a boss was. Flat bone knuckle thing that hits you instead. Um, and as she slams you with the shield, uh, crashing at you with all that weight, she uses that to stop her momentum and staggers back, the shield now up, her keeping it up from the strike she had just landed before she stabs out at you once with the spear. She did the thing. Ooh. We got us another max. Four of 14. Not quite. Sees the spear come in, kind of just deflects it off as quickly as he... Oh, was it towards him? Yes. Oh, I, I'm sorry. Shields I was looking at you because she did, the, oh. she did the hit and the shield's up now. Oh. She did your, she did your thing. <laughs> She's copying you. Um, the oh. two... Which ones are the club-wieldy boys that were the same icons before? Two closest. The two closest up in the top. Yep. Uh, those two are going to surge in. Uh, all but surrounding Verja here as they just follow their commander into the fray. Uh, I'll roll them separately because one of them is flanking, one of them isn't. So here is the one that is not flanking. He swings his club for a 25. That'll hit. And he swings his club for a natural 20. Two of bonk. And the first hit is going to do five points of bludgeoning damage. 
The second hit, which is a crit, is going to do 16. Oof. As he, you, that will put me down. As he knocks you down with that strike, the three of them kind of gathering around you. The other one in the back is going to continue on a little further, his club up, and just bring it crashing down. Oh! He is... As you see them bring down Verja, they're almost overcome by, like, a bloodlust as they continue this attack. Uh, the commander is going to step over in front of Ozosh. Out of initiative? These are reactions. Oh. The flanking one is going to step over in front of Ozosh, and the third one who just downed Verja is going to charge Aram, though he is out of actions to swing with. Gotcha. Um, oh. oh, this is great. And then you have this club guy who gets two swings at a flanked Ozosh, who has his shield up. Uh, first is an 18. <laughs> Shields up. That's good. Yeah. Nope. Second is, like, nine. Um, no. Shield good. Shield is good. Shield is friend. So that would bring us to Aram. Uh, Aram, uh, seeing uh, Verja go down, uh, is, and seeing this guy rush him, uh, is going to look at him and go, you're mine. And uh, quickly fire uh, two arrows uh, directly into him. Into the commander? No, into the guy <laughs> rushing him. Oh, the guy who's behind Ozosh now. Yeah. Oh, no, the guy in arms. Rushing oh, him. Rushing you. Yeah. You're rushing me, not rushing him. Your arm. You said he was rushing me. I thought that was yes, my Yes, you said rushing. the guy rushing him. So he's the, the guy third rushing Oh, sorry. Yeah. Because that was my fault. Arm. So I was like, I, the guy I am rushing a person. Him? Yeah. My bad. Sorry. Fair enough. Do you have a longbow, by the way? What are you shooting? Um. I am shooting a, a longbow. Okay. You know, you take a minus two. Yeah. People they're I do know that. But the hunt prey so is like, going to cancel. I haven't come up whether it was a long or a short bow yet. So the hunt prey is going to cancel it out, though. It will oh. not. I was like, I didn't think it did that, but fair enough. So you, you do have a minus two on basically every shot. That's while you're, you're close to you. Because a longbow is like a war bow. This is like it's planted in the ground. It's as tall as you. You need huge draws. It's tough to shoot close. Uh, that's only going to be a, uh, a 15. So 15, you... Just can't. No, 15? 15 actually will catch him. Oh, wow. Okay. There this is go. one of the old club guys. Uh, so he. Don't ever will... tell me the odds. The volley trait can't stop me because I can't read. There you go. Bam. Uh, and he'll take uh, six points of damage from that. Ooh, solid hit. A d6? D8. It should be if it's a long bow. Do you have a d6 written down? Steph, if it's a longbow. It's oh a no, D8. it's a D8. I yeah. sorry. That all was... the upsides of, or all the downsides of a longbow, with all the downsides of a shortbow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well that's gonna be a that's seven, so that's gonna be seven points of damage. Okay, so you hit him with a solid arrow for seven. And second shot will definitely go wild. Yeah, real quick shotting a longbow point blank sounds impossible. But you know what? We did it anyway. And you have one action though. Um. This was your flurry, right? Yeah, uh, I'm gonna shoot him a third time because I really don't Go have that it. much else to do. Go for it. twenty. It's what heroes do. Big of gun. Uh, that's still gonna go wide. So two in the back here. Didn't get to use their reaction because they hadn't activated yet. Um, are going to kind of circle out around a little bit to the south. Moving 20, 25 feet out, a bit closer to Aram, still leaving like 20 feet between themselves and Ozosh. Uh, kind of ending up on this diagonal that's created by Ozosh and Aram here. 
and as they move, they are each going to let loose the spear in their hand, casting it towards, uh, one towards each of you. One towards Ozosh for a 10. And Tink. one towards Aram for a 12. <laughs> and then draw out more spears from their pack. How That's okay, the lower only got to come in at some point because the first wave yeah. rolled pretty good. Yeah. Um, Hanwi. Oh boy, okay. Oh no, not version now. Um, and uh, me. Okay, so one stride. Uh, Hanwi's going to rush up. Uh, light of the moon. Uh, one further away. Uh, and um, moonlight will kind of shine out of uh, Verja's wounds. And again, the the wound will almost seem to rewind in time as it stitches closed, uh, almost erasing it. Uh, and that's a heal spell. Whoa, we have those. And again, I'm really bad at rolling those. You get nine health back. Hopefully they don't max the damage on you. Fuck. <laughs> and that's my action. And then Ozosh. Uh, you up yet? Very well. I haven't had time to do anything. <laughs> you can see movement now. Eh, you know, we have the thing. Well, I'm going to turn around to the little guy that tried to hit me, and I'm just going to give him good old-fashioned bonking with my axe. <laughs> he just kind of get, kind of overstretches, and he just whiffs right by his head. He focused on the shield. You blocked a lot shield. of stuff this round. Yep. Uh, I'll go ahead and attempt the second swing on him. Much better. Minus five. That's a 13. 13 as you swing is just barely going to miss him as you're kind of really pressured by this uh, this shield, which is really not used as a defensive tool by this raider at all. It's used extremely aggressive with it. Keeping my shield up. No. 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 I don't like this. And uh, as you raise your shield, he throws all his weight in, uh, now from standing, slamming out with his shield as hard as he can, just trying to crash through yours. With, uh, she's trying to crash through yours with sheer muscle. Um, there's going to be a 22. Like, if you str she struggles against me at first, but then she falls through and blocking, blocking as much of damage I can. You're going to take six. So take you one. take one. <laughs> Uh, as I your get a little shield scratch. blocks, the, uh, hitting shield with shield is not yeah. extremely effective. Makes a lot of noise. Well, yeah, it doesn't, it's a bang. <laughs> we all hear this slam as these two shields crash together. It's, that it's, one point's probably just the impact her arm took. And yeah, she probably. she keeps it up, just holding this spear overhead, and then just continues just trying to thrust down into you um, as your shields are kind of locked together here. Oh. Um, for a with 23, that's with the minus 5 for second attack. Jeez. I mean, well, that, that pokes me. Um, and that poke is going to do 9 points of piercing damage. And she's got one last action for the big minus 10. She's feeling confident. She rolled a 2. Cause still feeling confident. It's okay. You can't win them all. <laughs> Verja. I'm awake. You are awake, you're on the floor, and you can still hear this battle raging. Are you blacked out for a second there? I am angry, but no longer mechanically angry. Yes, because you went unconscious, so you are no longer raging, unfortunately. But uh, with me getting knocked down, it was this guy that did it, right? That guy bonked the hell out yeah. of you. Yeah, you definitely look around and recognize him right next to you. Those ankles. 
It's got some nice angles. Her cheeks coming out. <laughs> Is this her cheeks ancestor? Maybe. I'm taking his ankles. <laughs> nice tumor swinging prone. Go for it. No, taking. Oh, you're tripping him. Yeah. Oh, ankle We're... bandit. All right. Give me an athletic check. Ankle bandit. Still on a minus two because it's an attack. Uh, That's only a nine. Well, his but, reflex uh, is probably not great, but it's not that bad. Yeah. Um, uh, with that not working, regrip my weapon and just try to take his ankles. Okay. <laughs> remove them. Yeah. Remove them first. I then tried... you can take them easier. Exactly. I tried to remove them so that I could then take Dude. them. Instead, I'm just going straight for the tape. It's Trashik now. 20 time. Wow. Another five. five. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. So you know what that does. Betray. Miss. Yeah. There's <laughs> one action left. No, regrip. I'll regrip your weapon. Um, all right. So. This oh, is yeah, going well. One hand. Um, this, is, this is going great. The two club peons are going to just have a good time clubbing. Uh, the one of them's flanking Ozash here with his commander, and he is in relatively high spirits. He's gonna swing the club. He's gonna get a twenty-six. Not a crit. Not a crit. Shield. Oh, it's just barely not with flat-footed, huh? It's not a crit. Okay, so he's gonna bonk you for seven. Oh wait, already. You already used that. Yep. So. Uh, Ozosh is looking very, very bloody right now. Swing. Well, I'm out of heals, so. He's going <laughs> to swing it again. For uh, 17? Just misses. You're what? Should be 20 with a... Yeah, 20 he's with the shield. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, he's it's, flanked. It's 18. Misses yeah, by misses one. Misses by one. Misses you. You're lucky you brought a heavy shield. And then he is going to just simply bring it down a third time. He is in full berserker mode. He's swinging. 15 on the die, but that's not going to be enough to do it on swing the third. Uh, meanwhile, over at Aram, this guy gets a big arrow from a longbow stuck through him and staggering forward still manages a big meaty overhead swing with this club. Um, which I'm going to reroll. Ooh, Ooh villain points. Two of card. Cause that's a two. It did the thing you guys complained about so much. And I'm like, come on, it's a die. It does what it does. Where it's like twenty two. No, <laughs> believe me, we feel your pain. You have inspired me to reroll. You fickle Norse foundry die you. Nineteen. Um. There's no conceivable way that misses. Right? Yeah. Level one. Uh, it it does not miss. Um. So when you are hit by a physical attack and you have a shield within reach and a free hand. Uh, you interact to draw and wield the shield and then use it to shield block against the attack. Uh, it's okay. not, my AC's 20 now. No, shield block is, uh, shield damage block. reduction. Yeah. Damage so, reduction. So you take get, minus five off the damage. That's you take fine. five off the damage, yeah. It's because you're on the longbow because you use yep. the one to shoot, so you that's that right. <laughs> 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 my shield. That's a card? That's a card. That's I a was sick card, actually. I was so happy. Dude, that's, that's a great. Super great My card. shield ends up back on the floor, but that's okay, because that's where it, it was. No, yep. it doesn't. It stays in your hand. Huh? No, it doesn't. Oh, it doesn't. Literally <laughs> knocks it out of your hands. Oh. You get one block, and they slam it to the floor. That's so crazy. All doesn't right. matter. That's a really Throw cool. I'm happy about card. it. Throw the shield in the way. It's going to do five damage. Oh. <laughs> Blaps the shield out of your hand, smites it to the ground, but you take nothing. What a hit, wonderful hasty block. You're just like, watch this trick shot. Flip the Flip shield the up. Flip the shield up. <laughs> Bunk. This man's mad now. 
Uh, but it's the kind of mad where he's just, you know, tilted and not swinging well. And uh, not swinging well? That's going to be an eight. <laughs> no, that's going to be a six, followed by an eight. So <laughs> he is tilted now. He can't believe what he just saw. Aram. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Aram no longer cares that this man exists, um, is actually, uh, going to, uh, step, uh, step around and take a look at the, the boss. Okay. Like, you want to go here? No, I don't want to go anywhere. Let's step, like, diagonally out, so we've yeah, got a good so shot. Yeah, so I've got a good okay. shot. Uh, he might pray now. Okay. Uh, and then I'm going to take a shot with the longbow. With the minus two from the volley? With the minus two from the volley. Give some shots. I'll do a shot. Uh, that's going to be a 20. 20 will just hit him. He's got his shield up, but he's got it focused on Ozash here. So, or her. so you'll clip her shoulder as her shield is just not turned towards you. Okay. But now it is. And he'll, she'll take max damage, eight. Okay. Solid arrow. And then uh, another one will fly by. And it'll be a, a one. He got very excited about the fact that he actually hit the guy. You only thought you had another. I arrow. only thought I had another arrow. I grab air. Um, these two other hunters now near you, as you step out towards them, are both <clears throat> going to just lunge towards Aram with their new spears in hand. They could easily flank you, but their bloodlust seems to kind of overrun here, and they both just throw themselves at you, going more for the direct overpower approach than for any semblance of actual tactics. Uh, so the first is going to swing. They did it again. <laughs> for a nine, 10, because I rolled a dose. And second swing, the first was absolutely just thrusting wildly into the wind, does not, the spears just poking around you, doesn't land at all. Second one. Uh, the good news, the RNG has swung back around for you guys. Okay, good news. Okay, maybe came back around again. Around. Um, 22. Uh, that will hit. No fancy shield tricks to get you through this one. You get no, one but... stab <laughs> for four points of piercing damage. Uh, arm will take it in the shoulder, but kind of shrug it off. I think it's the Hanwe. Uh, things aren't going well, but you and she's going to point the one that's closest to her and she's just lucky hasn't noticed her yet she's <laughs> um, also the only one that's damaged like everything's coming up millhouse that's yeah, fair enough um and Full so commanders now. uh guidance uh on herself moonlight will kind of rotate behind her and spotlight the enemy in front of her and uh ice crystals will run down her arm before a beam of moonlight flashes out with a ray of frost okay Ooh, I like it. Uh, that's Ooh. a 26. That's a crit. <laughs> you. Uh, for 12 points of cold damage. Yeah, he, wow, dead. He's nice lethal. Um, <laughs> so this, what happens to him? Um, so the, the moon will, the moonlight will kind of spotlight him. And then as Hanwi's second blast encompasses him, ice will just rhyme over his limbs until it kind of covers his shocked face and he just kind of falls over stiff as a statue. My hero. I'm leaving one side of Aram, at least a little safer for now, Ozosh. <sighs> well, I was hoping I saved this. He just kind of raises his ax and you see a kind of a vibrating energy emanating from his ax. 
Bifosk! He's gonna cast a shockwave towards this way and try and target the three little dudes. In a Definitely cluster. also gonna hit Arum. That's fine. But it's all good in the neighborhood. Send it out it's reflex. Yeah. It's oh, reflex. he'll be fine. He'll be fine. A bunch of reflex saves. So Eight. we have put that one on the table. Not gonna do it. Don't you, don't you. Don't jinx it, man. Don't jinx it, man. We the have table. the guy that is immediately behind you. Ha! He rolls a 21. No, Eight. 18, 18. Um, 18 passes. Um, and then I will roll the two. Oh, you gotta roll that Yeah. Spear wielders. Problem of frontline casting. Who are like one off each other. Uh, 22 and 21. So I think everyone oh, yeah. they regular all, succeeds. They all regular succeed. So they're all flat-footed. Uh, 17? You, yeah, you pass. Flat-footed. Yep, so... Uh, Everyone's flat-footed. To him? Yeah, they, they're all just flat-footed. Just so flat-footed basically oh, okay. what happens... Basically what happens, you see the energy emanating, he slams his axe into the ground, and it just trembles the earth mm-hmm. just enough to make everyone a little unsettled. But upon that, he's going to use that momentum to use what little strength he has left to buckle his shield back up for pure defense, trying to stay alive. As you stagger everyone behind you, the commander pressing her advantage, the sneer across her face pulls back and slams the shield into you one more time, thinking this is the time she's going to batter right through that protection. She's going to get a 24 to hit. And with on that, with all that weight, Ozash finally just loses consciousness. Yeah, shield twenty four to hit. Shield block. Twenty four damage. Oh, twenty four. Yeah, I'm at, I'm at one. You got a shield black. If she it's can possible, roll low she enough. can do low enough. You can That's eat. True. You well, did shield. completely avoid one earlier. Shield block. Do it. Seven. Ah, seven yep. points. Unfortunately, of she just slaps him just hard enough to, that it, it knocks Ozash out. As you go down, and her shield is up. Uh, rage in her eyes. Uh, she doesn't even appear to have noticed what's happening with Verge on the ground here. She is going to surge up to Aram with this uh, kind of reactive speed as the spear wielder in the back rushes around, dashing towards Hanwi, looking for <clears throat> a softer target. Um, and as this commander reaches Aram, she has her shield up in front of her. She runs. She has the same thing. Puts her whole weight into it and just batters outward with the shield uh, at a minus five. Uh, Vinush protect. Um, yeah, it's going to be like a 14. Uh, Aram uh, sees her coming and reacts by kind of like stepping backward to let the shield run past him. And uh, as you as you kind of step back a little bit, she just kind of hits air. One action left. The movement was a reaction. So one action left. She's gonna push one more time. Not a slam so much as she is. She like braces with her spear against the back of the shield and shoves with all of her might, uh, trying to force you down and away. It is an athletics check. Against my fort DC. Fort DC and Mm -hmm. it's a minus a bunch. Okay. Had you considered passivity? Nine. Womp womp. Ar- Aram will just kind of stand there as like, and? And you are going, and as she slams into you, she is going to throw you back five feet as you gloat there, getting blasted a little bit oh, away. Oh, good. But <laughs> um, it's just going to move you back five feet. I like it. Free movement is my friend. Uh, and her shield is down out of the way as she does this. She puts all of her weight into this, and her <clears> shield <throat> is down. She's pretty exposed. Verja. 
The only so. one who seems to have noticed you is the guy you're trying to swing at. He's definitely <laughs> looking down your direction with confused hate. The, and the uh, club. Trying from the ground has not worked too well. So I'm going to go ahead and stand up. Fair enough. And I don't have to readjust my grip. You already got it. I already did that. So he's flat-footed. Spears are flat-footed. Lady has shield down. Yes. I think to protect what is immediately in front of me, being uh, being Ozosh and myself, I'm probably going to attack this guy. That sounds reasonable. Yeah, I would understand. He's flat-footed. He's yeah. a flat-footed, lightly armored dude. That's a net 20. You <laughs> <laughs> can't keep getting away with it. I guess I've rolled like two 20s in this fight, actually. There's I'm a reason why I cast that spell, kids. Uh, yeah, that's a 9, 12, 24. He's super dead. Yeah, that's... That's that's twice his health. Absolutely stand up. Stand up. <laughs> just obliterate him. Uh, one action left. <laughs> that was just like, let me try this for real. <laughs> and, um... Adjust first. One action left. I'm going to intimidate the one attacking Hanway. Okay, fair enough. Give me an intimidate check. Booga, booga, booga. Please. What are you saying? That's going to be an eight as uh, intimidating glare. Oh, you're just looking at her. <clears throat> She's looking that I way. I just cut this one in, like completely down. So I don't need words. Just not looking. For those of you keeping track at home, I have good news. These are dead. Hey. Nice. Arm. That's club boys. Uh, they have nicely uh, pushed me five feet away. Uh, I'm going to continue uh, moving back uh, toward Hanwi. More toward Hanwi, yes. Up next to her? Uh, yeah, up next to her, okay. um, but as back as I kind of can because I'm trying to get to 30 feet. <laughs> What's your speed? Uh, 25. You couldn't get out of 30 feet with one move. You're only five feet away from him. Uh, 25 plus five? Five plus five? 25 is 30. You couldn't get more than 30. No, away. I don't want to get... She was pushed five back, so she's actually 10 feet away. I'm actually so she's well, 10 feet you away. Max movement, you could. So you get like a distance back behind Hanwei. That would be what I would want because now I'm not taking my penalty um, anymore. Um, and I'm the, the guy is already that, my that, prey. That works right there. So okay. uh, I'm going to take hundred shot. I'm going to take two... Shields down. Two shots at him. Arrows appear to be his, her weakness so far. No, my only weakness. Pointy sticks fired at high velocity. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? Uh, that's gonna that's gonna be a uh, uh, fourteen. Yeah, fourteen. Even with her shield down, she just kind of swipes the the shield up, sort of haphazardly, just enough to deflect it. Uh, and one more time. Yeah, just shooting wild. Okay, All one of. Uh, move then hunt move, a shot. Then hunt a shot. You got one actually. Um. Fire again. You can do it. Fish yeah, I will fire again. One Fishing more time. For Fishing for twenty. I don't know. It's only minus six. Yeah. 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 Uh, hunting targets not terrible. Yeah, that's fair. That's a uh, nat twenty. No. That's a one. Oh, it's roll better, not. Yeah, you're right. And it you is. want it, it's a Hold one. on. You want to know why I knew that was a one? Because nobody got excited and we no, felt it. No, because in the my air. my dice logistics chat, I saw the thirteen and I was like, "That's not a 20. Shut up! I hate you. <laughs> Shut so up! So yeah, he's really not on it. Was there firing? If it would have been a fourteen, you'd be good. I hate you. One of these uh, spear fighters is up to Hanwi now, um, and she is going to take her opportunity to start thrusting this spear. Like your western flank at this point has collapsed. 
much of your following has started to evacuate. These rains of arrows that are falling down the <clears> path <throat> behind uh, are fired wildly. Many of them following, uh, falling way off to the side of the path, starting some small fires. A few of them catching some of the fleeing tusks, but not much. It's just blanket fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as your flank is collapsing, so too is everybody save for some of the, the mammoth lords, which seem to have blunted most of the assault at this point. You don't see any more torches along the west and the north, as well as Nocta, who is still kneeled down over Urgula. Uh, now only some, like, 45 feet away from you, as this fight is pressed all the way back to the central bonfire now. Um, thrusting down towards Hanwi with a 23. Uh, so with a 23, uh, Hanwi is uh, going to almost uh, flare with this residual moonlight um, and will kind of roll with it almost uh, sort of haphazardly. Uh, that's uh, minimum damage. Okay, three. You take three points of piercing damage. We like it. But this uh, knocks you down to the ground. It does? Yeah, you oh, take minimum damage and fall prone. Oh, that's what it says. Okay. Yeah, it's the that's roll, you're rolling with it. Right, right. Rolling I get it. to the floor. I get it. Um, but knocking you down, even with this glancing shot, sneer on her face. The mammoth pulls this tusk up and thrusts it down once more, for uh, um, twenty-three because I rolled five higher. So not a crit. Not a crit's what we're looking for. Five points of piercing damage. Does that take into account flat-footed? It does. <laughs> I'm 14 with a flat foot. Woo! Flying <laughs> close. Fly close to the sun here, my friend. And then um, a negative one on the third swing. <laughs> That's what we like. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> she gets too excited and loses her grip on the spear. Mm-hmm. Hanwe. Um, Hanwe is... Uh, yeah, Hanwe's kind of hurt, but it's a little desperate right now. Um, Hanwi's going to Step behind crawl me. away five feet, uh, just kind of rolling on the ground, and then from the from the, uh, the ground she'll bring her hands together, burn, and uh, Azure Fire will pop into her hands and flare out towards the uh, aggressor. A little panicky. Uh, it's fourteen. Fourteen's not gonna. Flatfoot. Ooh, she's left from the shockwave. 14 is going to hit. Woo! Exactly. Woo! I have a job. Ah, I did it now. Don't get too excited. <laughs> I did That's it. I'm not blaming that. Eight points of fire damage. All right, so this fire coalesces and bursts across this hunter as we move to... Oh, Ozash is unconscious. Yes. So I, you are only dying one, but I am going to need you to make me a death check. My friend, I told you Frozen Flame was going to be a little more lethal. All right, so you are stable. You're unconscious, but stable. It takes you dying zero, wounded one, prone, unconscious. Uh, Top of the round here. There's a lot of stats. As you see some of the mammoth lords starting to circle around, the flaming mammoth of Grandfather Sven, uh, several of the hunters that have fallen back have put out much of that. There's still some, uh, some smoldering bits and a bit of fire running up its left flank. Uh, but it is going to stagger backwards as Grandfather Sven has pulled himself up. Uh, and he is going to take his spear and turn to this spear, uh, spear woman here that is closest to Aram and Hanwi. And, like, clearly injured, doubled over. And Grandfather just pulls back and chucks it as he can. And he is going to get... 30. The 14. 
Flat foot. He's gonna hit her. Dead. The centagenarian. This and hundred-year-old man <laughs> thinks of what might be the last kill of his life. <laughs> his grandfather Sven Spear catches this hunter and knocks her down. The spray of sparks and cinders <laughs> into the side of the bonfire here. And then Sven drops down to his knees. Grandfather! And, uh, you see him throw an arm over his uh, his uh, abdomen. He's, he fell, even just falling off a mammoth is probably a pretty decent hit. Han, we help him. You also hear the distance Nocta chanting. It seems to be getting louder and louder. And you can see this golden light emanating out from her, almost like little fingers of fire, and this aura that is just starting to expand. And at this point, Hanwi and Aram are both within range of her bless spell that she is channeling. Um, But we have the one here with the shield up. Verja has stood smited down one person. She, this commander looks around, there's a lot going on here. She's got a lot to take in. She is going to throw her spear at Verja. For a 24. That'll only hit. Only hits good. And 11 points of damage. Ah. Max roll. Mm. Down he goes. And a spear will knock him down to dying too as she rushes over towards Aram. Uh, More just kind of, not sprinting, just walking. Shield at her side, reaches back, pulling out another spear from the sling as she approaches, walking just straight up to you, raising it. Just murder in her eyes. Um, Brings us to Aram. Uh, Aram... uh sees his grandfather hurt, sees Verja uh, go down. Verja and Ojash are both bleeding on the both ground right now. Both bleeding on the well, ground right now. I'm fine. Stable. Don't I don't that. know that. Both bleeding oh, on the ground yeah. right now. Um, he really is going to focus on Hanwi, though. He really doesn't want this person getting anywhere near Hanwi. Um, so he's still his prey and he knows he's ta- he's at a disadvantage doing it but he's still gonna fire uh, two shots into this guy's face point blank let him out let him rip shields down she's just stomping at you she's going down for at this point what few burning mammoths are left are either kind of retreating back into the darkness this commander and her small little cadre are the only ones that are marching and still really pressing this attack as some of the mammoth lords are that is a nat 20. Oh. Deadly longbow, isn't it? it yeah, three d eight. It is. No, it's a deadly d ten. It's deadly d ten. Yeah, d eight and a d ten. Okay. Yeah. Shield's not up. Can't block it. Oof. Uh, that's gonna be seven. Uh, four. That's eleven. Is that? You picked up the percentile yeah, die. Yeah, that's a use one. A normal that's a D10 one. Okay, I'm it's sorry. A regular D10. That's a percentile normal. die. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. And that's Ten. so. Uh, that's going to be 21 points. So of... She marches up, spear raised overhead, bearing down on Aram and Hanwi. Aram plants his bow, lets it go, and just thump right into her, and she just collapses <laughs> She's down like, ha, ha, ha. on the ground. <laughs> Don't get anywhere near my family. Now this, you have one. One back that's still kind of engaged with you on his western flank. As as do, you want an drop, arrow, do you want an arrow in the heart, or do you want to live another clearly day? Clearly very turning to sprint away. <laughs> Not going to shoot. And she is going to take her three move actions 
to sprint back out, back towards the burning mammoth archers in the distance. Stabilize. <laughs> Hanwi coming around to stabilize quickly. Ozosh and Verja making sure they're okay as the din of battle starts to fall a bit. With the this retreat and much of your following now back on the path, the volleys of arrows fall silent for the moment. One, a second, and three had sailed through the air um, like, like <clears throat> bright sparks to the sky. But as they stop and the lights visible past rock loom dim and snuffing their torches attempting to hide in the cover of darkness here, you see a different light, a red haze, a wide glow on the horizon like the rising sun. What is that? And uh, wheeling his mammoth around in the front of the bonfire, um, raising his spear up overhead, Wotan addresses what, or, uh, what few are left. Not in my long memory has such violence befallen us during what was intended to be a joyful celebration. My heart wilts with grief and pray Sister Cinder gives us the strength to take up the fire and find bright righteousness in this dim hour. We must return to camp, gather our things, and depart as quickly as possible. And he uh, points out towards this glowing light on the horizon that almost like the only difference between a, a sunrise and it is that its light does not carry out into the sky. It's just a red glow. The bulk of their force approaches. We must leave. There are so many. Where's grandfather? And uh, Sven is still there, kind of down on his knees. One hand on the ground, one hand around his abdomen. <sighs> I'm here. Please, somebody, get a healer. I'm fine. Please, nope. we must depart. I will not lose the tusks for one man, especially not me. I can follow. And uh, at the end of that, you hear another cry pierce the night. But this one, not a war cry, not a battle cry, not a cry of pain, not a cry of pain. The cry of a newborn child. Then a second. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> then a third. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Told you. Zergula delivers her triplets under Nakta's watchful eye. The sun, the moon, and the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> the tusks that are left gather as much as they can sort of around Ergola here, trying to figure out what what the heck to do at this point? We have to get to the camp. We have to get our things and we have to go. Mm -hmm. That was just the Vanguard. We cannot fight the Horde. That is going to be it for this week's episode of The Hook. Urgula is a chad-ass. Quest for the Frozen Flame. Two for two on the last couple episodes and someone going down to at least dying two and getting into the spooky hole. See, the problem is it's me. So because I'm down, someone else rolls the 20 for me. As you look through and collect yourselves and way back to the camp, you will find that 
despite the chaos, there are many injuries, there are many wounded, but not many fallen. Only two of the broken tusks number were lost in the battle. Sounds One. like we did a hell of a number on them. <laughs> Which means you still have a great, st- great strong following to take on the path. Got other spends mammoth, though burnt, half of its side uh, blackened, is all right. It's good to travel, and with assistance, you're able to get Sven back to your camp as well. Oh, good. We won't be meeting next week, unfortunately, because it's Paizocon. So. Where's my hero point? You're going to have to. Oh, you do have a hero point from Blade Thank you, Blade Tagger. Amazing shots. And we're going to have to wait two weeks until we return to the aftermath. Ooh, misdirected attack. Are you going to let them beat on you like that? But. That sounds fun. Yeah. (laughs) When we return two weeks from today, if anything deserves a new level of power and experience yes. for the party, I'd say that. Finally. We'll return as level two combatants on the run from the burning mammoth horde. That was hot. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Thank you for being here. I hope you enjoyed this. Though a sad moment was, in a way, possibly the greatest victory it could have been. What, what do our otter things do? They're neat pendants. They mark us as fully fledged members of the Broken Tusk. They spawn lightning. They spawn lightning. Oh, cool. Good night, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your weekends. Enjoy your pies.